The Lifestylist, episode 208. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. If you're into health and fitness and you listen to podcasts like this and the experts I have conversations with, I'm sure you've caught wind of the fact that artificial blue and green spectrum light after dark and even some of those spectrums during the day is really harmful to your health. Not only does blue light at night suppress melatonin, which helps you sleep and prevents you from getting diseases like cancer, by the way, but it also trashes the production of neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin and regulation of your hormones that make you feel good. So this is a massive problem, you guys, and there are scientific studies over studies coming out all the time that prove that it is a fact that being exposed to unnatural light after dark really messes you up, period. I'm not a fear monger, but I'm a reality monger and I like to have awareness and I like to share cutting edge information with you. Now, thankfully, you don't have to go live in a cave somewhere or in the middle of the woods and only live by firelight at night like we've evolved to. You can go to blueblocks.com and get yourself some dope glasses that come in different shades that block the blue and or green spectrum of light that really tweaks you at night. Even for working on computers, they have prescription glasses, they have reading glasses, etc. So go to blueblocks.com. That is spelled B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com. Here's some more good news for you. If you enter the code LIFESTYLIST at checkout, you will save 15% off your order. That's blueblocks.com. After a long day of interviewing, editing, podcasting, making YouTube videos, doing whatever it is I'm doing with my life, I love to relax later on in the day or in the evening. And that's one of the reasons that I love Organifi Gold. This stuff is truly gold. It's got cinnamon, ginger, lemon balm, medicinal mushrooms, coconut milk, and more than anything, a super big serving of turmeric. It's an amazing anti-inflammatory spice. It's one of my favorites. So I'll make myself a golden latte at night with some good healthy fats in there and just have a nice calming drink. My friends and family love to come over and have my magic uh, gold elixir at night. But I also have been doing it uh, during the day. Just when I need to chill out, I'll make an Organifi drink elixir and I'll put it on ice. And it's actually really delicious that way too. Organifi Gold is the shiznit, guys. Real good stuff. So if you want to check it out, see, I'm trying not to swear as much on the podcast. That's where these weird words come from. I should edit that out, but I won't because I'm high on Organifi Gold. No, seriously, I did have some of it earlier and uh, put me in a really relaxed, um, but still kind of alert mood. It's amazing stuff and it tastes so bomb. You could even make like an ice cream with it. I'm, I'm going to start experimenting more with the gold. It's just a really good base powder that you can use for a lot of different things. Sometimes I'll throw some cacao in there, you know, I'll kind of mix it up a bit. Organifi Gold can be found at the following website, you guys. It's Organifi, spelled with an I, dot com forward slash Luke. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. If you want to save yourself some cashish, 
to the tune of 15%. Once you get over to their site, use the code LIFESTYLIST to save 15% at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Okay, heads up. Here's what's about to happen. Our guest, Troy Casey, the certified health nut, is about to enter your skull through those two eardrums, pass through your frontal lobe, and actually decalcify your pineal gland, which has been under the stony duress of fluoridation for your whole life, I'm guessing. So Troy's about to blow your mind. Uh, Get ready to call the authorities in with their hazmat suits to clean up your brain after this conversation. No, but seriously, Troy Casey... He's a leading longevity authority. He successfully restored physical, mental, and emotional balance to clients from all over the world who have tried and failed with other systems. His unique holistic approach uses nature-based simplicity that anyone can follow. And that's why I love this dude. He's deep, he's profound, but he's all about common sense and following the laws of the cosmos and the planet. Not only that, he has a vision for clean air, water, soil, and equitable systems for all mankind that will take place in his lifetime that drives a passionate work for personal and planetary wellness. So this is not a, uh, you know, drink green juice and all will be well episode. We go really deep in this conversation and it was extremely motivating and inspiring to me personally. You know, Troy's a couple years older than I And uh, this is a guy that I really look up to, man. He's got some shit figured out, seriously. If you think I know a few things about living well (laughs) based on listening to the show, which I'm just going to, you know, egoically say that you probably do. um, No, seriously, you know, I'm deeply into this stuff, right? I'm super committed. Well, Troy might even take it to a level that I didn't even know existed. So this one's really going to um, benefit you, your life, and your future. But before we get into this tantalizing conversation with Troy Casey, I'd like to invite you to tune in this Friday for Kundalini Rising, Luke live at Rama Venice, which is a bootleg broadcast, special bonus episode for you and yours that will be dropping again this Friday. The next Tuesday, we're back to our regular programming with the Detox Download, Cleansing Myths and Mysteries Explained, number 210 with Dr. Christopher Shade from Quicksilver Scientific who is one of the leading authorities on all things detox in the world. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the upcoming episodes. Speaking of upcoming, I've got some events that I'd love to see you at. I'll be speaking and presenting at Rama Fest in Majorca, Spain, July 19th through 22nd. Then the following Monday on July 22nd, I'll be presenting my own High Love Experience Workshop, also in Majorca, Spain, in conjunction with Rama Fest. I'll also be at the Health Optimization Summit in London, headed off to the UK. It's been a while there. And that will be September 14th and 15th, the world's biggest biohacking conference in conjunction with Paleo Effects and Bulletproof Upgrade Labs. That's going to be a good one. To get in those events or any events that I'm participating in, it's super easy. Just go to lukestory.com forward slash events where you can buy tickets, RSVP, etc. That's lukestory.com forward slash events. And today is the last day for my beauty counter deal. If you go to beautycounter.com forward slash Luke story, you're going to get a free hookup with some healthy non-toxic mineral sunscreen mist and counter sun mineral sunscreen lotion from one of my favorite companies when it comes to natural cosmetics and personal care products. So if you spend 125 bucks, you're going to get those things for free. But today's the last day. If you're listening to this after today, which would be May 28th, 
as I'm assuming thousands and thousands of you will be, if you want to get down with some uh, uh, toxin-free, clean cosmetics, you want to go to beautycounter.com forward slash Luke story. This company is so badass. I'll be interviewing someone from their team soon. So you're going to learn more about it. But I've been searching the world over for years now to find uh, like makeup for women specifically that actually works and doesn't give you cancer. Like even, I don't know if you know this, but the best Chanel lipstick, for example, I'm just going to assume, assume Chanel uh, lipstick is good. It's full of lead, man. It's really gnarly. It's no good for the planet. It's no good for animals. Uh, crappy sunscreen is no good for coral reefs or people or kids. Uh, normally, you don't really need to wear sunscreen in, in my world, but there are some people that don't have a solar callus built up and they need a little help here and there. So check out Beauty Counter, some awesome stuff over there. Let's get into this episode. So here's what Troy and I talk about. The benefits of Shivambu, the ancient art of urine autotherapy. That's um has to do with drinking your own pee, among other things. No, seriously. Interesting stuff there. We talk a lot about that. I've actually done this myself. So Troy and I had a weird thing in common, which might not be that weird, as you'll soon learn. How you can tell what's working and what's not working when you're trying many different healing modalities at once. The most undervalued biohacks out there, including sleep, ice, and more. How Troy discovered that black mold exposure was wrecking his health and how he healed himself and why you might want to get your house tested for mold ASAP and why the antidote to complexity is simplicity. And as I said, that's one of the things I really love about Troy's message. It's all about getting back to nature and keeping it simple. Using the primordial perennial wisdom of the Amazon rainforest to activate higher states of consciousness, restore nature, and bring the divine feminine into balance. Sounds like no small feat, right? Well, Troy's going to teach us how to do it. How almost everything that really moves the needle when it comes to healing your body, even from chronic problems that Western medicine says are incurable, has one thing in common. Ready? Drum roll. What is that thing? You got to listen and find out. The modern phenomenon of spiritual bypassing and why it's critical to avoid it. Kind of an oxymoron there, right? Avoiding bypassing something. (laughs) listen up and it'll all make sense soon, I swear. Why the root of our health and societal problems are caused by self-domestication and why it's time to upend the systems that keep us docile, dumb, and unhealthy. Exploring primal activation and the full integration of the shadow or Christ consciousness in animal formation and why the ascended master is not necessarily the highest level of attainment we can seek in life And then we talk about Troy's plant medicine experiences and all the visions that have come true since. And finally, facing your shadow self and learning to understand how it serves you. So as you can see, this is going to be a groundbreaking, uh, heart-expanding, consciousness-evolving episode with Troy Casey, the certified health nut. Kick back, put on some headphones, get yourself in a nice trainable theta state and enjoy this conversation. We'll be back this Friday with Luke live at Rama Venice. Troy, what's happening, dude? <laughs> Luke, good, good to, to see you. you again. Yeah, likewise. So here we are. We're at the Upgrade Labs, uh, the Bulletproof Upgrade Labs conference. Um, Troy and I have been geeking out here and overhearing him in some conversations and doing a lightning round recording with him earlier, I'm like, I got to sit down with this guy and have a long form. We've been talking about it for a little while and we both live in LA, but 
you're on the west side, I'm in Laurel Canyon, which <laughs> to normal people wouldn't seem far. But when no. you're in either of those places, it's actually kind of hard to get together. So I'm stoked that we get to sit down. Yes, likewise. Dude, I'm going to jump right in. I want to just be super random and I want to cover a lot of out there shit with you because I think you're someone that can go toe to toe on some controversial health topics. Great. Based on our prior conversation. First off, tell us about the benefits of urine autotherapy. Oh my God. Uh, starting off with that, huh? Yeah, so, I just want to go right in. Yeah, so Shivambu is the ancient art of urine therapy. And uh, God, what do I know about it? Um, you know, first first of all, I'm an intuitive guy. So most of the majority of my stuff, I'll hear the bad, the good, um, the science, just enough of it not to let me go neurotic and then tap into my intu- my own intuition. Same here. That That's how I operate. So I heard about urine therapy a long time ago as a biofeedback loop. Drinking your middle stream in the morning uh, is beneficial. And I started doing it and loved it. It just was resonant with me. Uh, and a few years ago, uh, one of my friends I met he cured himself of testicular cancer, and he was a Swedish national, so he had uh, he had um, uh, socialized healthcare. So he went back to Sweden to treat it with chemotherapy, and they nuked him. And they're like, "Oh, we're sorry, we we didn't, you know, solve your cancer problem. We need to take out your lymph nodes." And he was in his thirties, and he's like, "I think I might need my lymph nodes," and like, "I don't know about that." He's like. You know, he went home and he started researching and he found urine therapy and he spent three weeks uh, looping his own urine, fasting on on his own urine, uh, and he cured himself, including the doctors couldn't believe what, what he had done. And so he challenged me to a urine fast. And then he also taught me on how to use age urine uh, uh, topically and also internally, rectally through uh, aged urine enemas. And... You know, I've always been working on my gut. That's how I got into health, fine-tuning it. I had black mold exposure uh, 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 in the last 10 years, and I had to rebuild my gut. And I have to tell you that the aged urine enemas and the parasites that it brought out of me was extremely powerful and uh, rectifying (laughs) for uh, all puns intended. (laughs) My kind of podcast guest. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Now, I, I did the, the, the uh, midstream. I had a shot glass in my bathroom. And I wonder how many people are like, I'm not listening to this guy's podcast anymore, but I had a shot glass <laughs> in my bathroom. And I did it for about, um, it was back in the Truth Calcan Erwan days, mm-hmm. you know, when we were all trying just the GH3 injections, just all kinds of out there shit. And the auto urine therapy was something, I think I found a book called your own best medicine or nature's best medicine or something mm-hmm, about it. Mm-hmm, and I was like, mm-hmm. Gandhi did it. This has got to be good. But I do the midstream little shot glass, boop, every day. And surprisingly, it's more of like a mental thing. I think when people hear that, they're like, ew, gross. But it's pee's sterile, right? I mean, yeah. that's what I think people don't realize. Amniotic fluid. It's you- not like eating poop or something. It's, I mean... It doesn't even taste that bad, weirdly enough. It's, it's sterile, not, yeah. It's not that big of a deal. <clears throat> but I did it for a little while. But with you know, with the stuff that guys like you and I are into, sometimes it's hard to tell what's working and what's not just because you know someone's like, hey, does that supplement work? I go, you know what? I think so, but I'm not sure because mm-hmm. I'm doing 20 things a day that are powerfully healing. So you know, I don't know if it did anything, but hearing you talk about this was interesting because you had more quantifiable results. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with the black mold and get my gut. My gut has never been better. I swear to wow. God. I mean, whatever I did, I mean, it took years to get it back online, but yeah. uh, God, it's never been better. I mean, that's how I got into health was my own bloating, indigestion. You know, I grew up on American food as well, but yeah. the urine therapy, I've been doing it for about 15, 15 years or more, and it's very subtle. It's it's beyond neurological. It's it's energetic, and uh, and it just it feels right, and it allows my body to recalibrate. Because you know, contrary to popular belief, I think we see on the Instagram like everybody's got these perfect lives or whatever, and I'm the health nut. Like I live this austere life, and it's like I'm just I'm in the same boat as everyone else. I've got my own little secret vices and stuff that I like to do, and a great way to recalibrate what's going on inside my body is to drink my urine. And I know which antioxidants viscerally, intuitively to up in my diet or fast or, you know, do an extensive fast or so it's a recalibration tool and it's, it's very subtle. And for me, it happens every day. It's automatic. I have the pee cup in my, in my, in my bathroom and I just rock So you're still doing it. Oh yeah. Oh shit. And how did you get over, you know, the mindset part of it? Well, I crossed that barrier like 15 years ago and I was just like, and I was like, you, it doesn't, it didn't take that, it tastes that bad. Yeah. And then I was, I, I realized all the benefits and, uh, I mean, I probably haven't done it every day for the last 15 years, but I've been practicing it on and off for the last 15 and years. And how's that gone over with, uh, partners that you've dated or in relationship? Has that been a tough one to explain? <laughs> I mean, anybody who gets involved with me kind of figures that they've got, you know, they're already looking at outside of the box, thinking and living right. anyhow. Right. So um, um, they probably, it's not something I open up our uh, relationship building with. But, yeah, first uh, date. So listen, there's something you need to know. Yeah. If you see a shot glass in my bathroom and it smells like pee, this is why. But um, the aged <laughs> urine stuff, now that yeah. starts to creep into family members and, and right. my, my so ex-wife, you, she, was, she wasn't into it because it smells like ammonia. Uh, okay. And, but, so you're fermenting the urine. But yeah, you want, you want topical anti-aging? I, I heard Raquel Welch used to do it as really? well. But yeah, uh, aged urine, uh, take cotton balls. And I, I like to go out into the beach and get the sun and it feels so euphoric. Uh, mood lifting, I did it all through going through my divorce and stuff. And it was just, it was amazing medicine. Uh, and one day I did go to the gym after it had dried on my body and I felt like I was on steroids for sure. Wow, interesting. So it's got stem cells. Um, word around the campfire, it's got stem cells, uh, HGH, antibodies, and amino acids. Wow. So that's another hack for stem cells and HGH that doesn't involve needles or exogenous I mean, the biggest, hacks, the biggest hacks out there are ice, breath, or breath, ice, sun, grounding, urine therapy, nutrition, sleep is so underestimated. Right. Tell us a little bit about sleep. Like, what is it that we're not getting, you know, in terms of the quantity, quality? What are some of the practices that you've implemented to improve that? Well, I think first and foremost, Luke, we should probably focus that there's two forces in in the physical realm that we're in. So you got yin and yang, anabolic, catabolic, inhalation, exhalation, masculine, feminine. And uh, there's two phases and each one needs balance and harmony. And if you want balance and harmony in your macro life, then it's good to get balance and harmony in your micro life, whether that's cellularly or, you know, even with your sleep rhythms or your daily rhythms, 
So you're going to want to feed the body at a certain time. You're going to want to evacuate the bowels at a certain time. Uh, and you're going to want to uh, rest at, at uh, a, a regular biorhythm. And there's been a ton of research on this. It's optimized at from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Um, and so basically, and or basically, the rising and falling of the celestial realms. And so, and our hormones are harmonized to that. So when you recognize that, and then you also see our culture, because a lot of my work is about decolonizing the mind and deprogramming the mind. Our culture is hustle, grind, just hustle more, 10X, you know, Gary V, heart attack, waiting to happen. You know, and this is normal because it's cool to have a heart attack at 40, 50, as long as you got a G-Wagon and a, and a mini mansion, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you've, achieved, you've achieved what, you know, is necessary as an American or a human in the industrial post-industrial age. But anyhow, I, I, I digress. But uh, uh, sleep is very important. It's the anabolic phase of our catabolic life. So we can go to the gym and break it down or, you know, thinking is catabolic as well. And so just getting the proper amount of rest, about eight hours is a good marker, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. or sun up to sundown, if you will. Uh, understanding that the blue light's affecting the hormones as well. The artificial blue light is affecting our hormones. Understanding, you know, the primary hormonal pathways, cortisol, adrenaline, and insulin, and working to keep, you know, balanced hormones is essential with sleep. People want to like, hey, how do you boost your testosterone? Or how do you balance your hormones? And it's like, yeah, sleep. Like sleep is so overlooked because if you want your anabolic you know, if you want your androgens, you're building up hormones, then you have to rest and your cortisol needs to be put away to sleep and balance, you know, so. What's yeah. the story with the black mold? When you talked about that exposure, how did you find out? What did it do to you? Um, and how can someone figure out if it's going on in their environment? Uh, well, I would first of all say if you got weirdo symptoms and nobody can figure out what it is, have your house tested for mold first and foremost. Um, I had, um, we moved into the house. It was summertime, sunny, Santa Monica, hot, you know, beautiful penthouse overlooking the ocean. And the winter came around. My wife started thinking, you know, oh, is there something in the carpet? And, you know, years went on and, and we had my second child that as soon as we moved into that place as well. So I just thought I was a tired new parent. Right. But as time went on, I had upper respiratory infections that were lingering for long periods of time. My neighbors were sick and kind of stuffed up. And then I started asking questions because one of the neighbors was real stuffed up. And I was like, Have you ever had your place tested for mold? And he's like, No, but, you know, before you guys moved in, the sprinkler system broke and we had ankle, ankle deep water oh. in the penthouse five times. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh. So we had it tested, and sure enough, we had Strachobotrys and Aspergillus penicillium, which are both extremely Those are the gnarliest. dangerous. Yeah. And in terms of the, the, the mold testing, uh, is there not this sort of old school method where they come in and they swab the air outside for spores, and then they swab the air inside, and they're like, oh, it's basically the same, and that's like a fake-ass test that's not very effective. And then there's one where you can go around with you know, uh, a swab or a Kleenex or something inside your house and you test all the different surfaces and send that in? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a bioremediation specialist. I'll, right. I will say this. 
research the assessment from someone who doesn't say sell remediation services. Ah, uh, okay. So the conflict of interest. I'm looking at my Evernote here. I found something. Uh, what I hear is the shit. It's called the ERMI test. E-R-M-I. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. That seems to be the one that people recommend. And it's, you go around the house with rubber gloves and basically like you do your own specimen sample and you send it in. I have a site called mycometrics.com and it was recommended to me um, because I know when you do, you know, when when you're going to buy a house and you have to go get the inspection, Mm -hmm. they'll do a a quote unquote a mold inspection. Surface kind of. Yeah, but I don't think it's the real, the real deal, Mm -hmm. Hollifield, Mm -hmm. like this is. So Yeah, and you mentioned a couple of different Ways. So when my guy yeah. came in there, he pulled back the rug, looked oh. for visible signs. Okay. You look for watermarks on the ceiling right. and on the cracks and where your uh, apartment buds up to other apartments, potentially right. their uh, bathroom. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then it lives in the walls. And then they can test the air and then that you close the house up for 24 hours and then they test the outside and the inside. Oh, okay. And so okay. There, there's variable testing. Okay. The best guy I know on the planet for this, uh, and I think I found him through Dietrich Klinghart, mm-hmm. uh, who's the big Lyme kind of auto, autism, autoimmune guy up in yeah. Seattle, uh, is gustenviro.com. Uh, I forget what the guy's name is, but his last name is Gust. And it's gustenviro.com. And he tests for uh, mold and uh, radon and stuff like that, but oh, cool. also EMFs and uh, cell phone towers and dirty electricity too. Oh, nice. So he, he does, does all that? Oh, I, that's amazing. And I think last time I checked, because uh, my good buddy Paul Check used him when he had a kid and he came and did the house. And I wanted to say Paul said he did his house for 800 bucks. And now I think he's 1500 right. to come and assess your home. That's not bad. I mean, that, your average EMF assessment alone is going to be between 1000 and 1500 usually depending on the square footage of the house and yeah. stuff, you know, and how thorough you want them to be. But that's, that's actually really cool. Because that's the thing. It's like when you, when you're living as a domesticated zoo animal like we all are, the fucking cage gets broken. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. You have these you know, unnatural electrical fields and radio frequencies and magnetic fields. And then you mm-hmm. have, you know, a sealed up structure that would never exist in nature. Right. And then we're like, oh, we're safe inside the house. I mean, we'd actually be, aside from extreme weather or predation, we would be much safer outside of a house, right? Well, and if, I mean, if we weren't so domesticated, we can go live in the wild, essentially. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you would be much safer. Yeah, but I and mean, the, and the indoor air quality you were talking about uh, in our other you know pre-interview earlier. Yeah, a- absolutely. Indoor air quality can aside be, from the mold, but just you know the extre- off gassing from furniture and all this shit. Extremely uh, toxic and uh, 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 fragrances from from detergents. But you must have read Holda Clark's book, The Cure for All Diseases. I mean, it was banned many years ago, but I mean, yeah. it, it's been out there for... for, for I'm familiar with Hulda Clark. Hulda Clark. one of the early pioneers, but I did not read the book. So, so basically she said, yeah, if you've got a compromised cancer, you know, liver disorder, pancreatic cancer, whatever, then you're best off moving to a temperate climate at where you can live outdoors most of the day. Oh, no shit. Yeah. To get away from the formaldehyde of the Ikea furniture and the, and the 600 industrial compounds and... In your house, are you uh, conscious about, you know, the types of uh, cleaning products, personal care products, uh, where your furniture comes from, if it has glue in it, you know, couch cushions having 
fire retardants, all this kind of stuff. I mean, how, how hardcore are you when it comes to your own living space? Uh, as good as I can without going neurotic. Right. So, um, I think, um, I think we got some furniture when we got married. We had gifts from Nordstrom and we got what was optimal. We got a big wood table, which is all natural. But I think the leather chairs could have been made out of, you know, industrial dust, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, and then we ordered um, crate and barrel or something. They offered organic cotton couch. And right. so we got that. And uh, and I do like organic. Um, I like organic cotton and I like natural fiber bedding, of course. Right. Uh, and then all my cleaning items. Yes, I don't pay to poison myself for sure. Uh, I got real clear on that a long time ago. <laughs> pay to poison. I like that. And, and well I don't said. pay for other big corporations that aren't doing upgraded work around the industrialization. Like I'm not going to support Tide and Lever and, 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 uh, all these major corporations that aren't, um, I'm going to spend the company to spend the money at like seventh generation or, or yeah. honest company that's, you know, moving towards innovation and upgrading with natural soaps and Dr. Yeah. Bronner's like, yeah, yeah. they're the best. Old you know? school, dude. There's some funny meme I saw on Instagram where it's like, Shows a little stick figure sitting on the toilet reading the bat, you know, the, the labeling on the Dr. Bronner stuff. I forget what it said, but it was just like, you know, if you're a health nut like you and I are, presumably, how many hours have we spent like reading all of the biblical quotes and stuff on the <laughs> Dr. Great. Bronner's? Yeah, all yeah. one or none, baby. That's it, my philosophy. I mean, that is the best stuff, though. You know what I mean? Like, I use that shit for everything. Shampoo and it's just like the soap of the house. Well, I, we studied with this old lady. That she called herself... Uh, uh, the Golden Oracle. And she grew up on the prairie in Wyoming. Guess what? There was no hospitals. There was no stores, right? So she gave us a book on all home remedies, apple cider vinegar, baking soda, hydrogen peroxide, and borax. Those are the main ingredients for cleansing internally or externally or wounds or, you know, add a little charcoal and some medicinal clay. And that's right. basically your medicine cabinet. Right. Back in the old West or what after you were exposed to the mold? Um, what did you do to recover? What were some of the symptoms or the damage you mentioned your gut? Like, how else did that affect you, and how have you gotten over that and kind of rebooted from that damage? Yeah, so I did everything. First of all, uh, second of all, I had neurological issues show up in my lower extremities, and I'm a barefoot walker, and I lived um, near Palisades Park, and so I brought my kids up there. You know the bluffs over uh, in Santa Monica. Yeah, the bluffs. There's a skinny sure. park that goes from the the pier all the way up to San Vicente, and we yeah. lived on San Vicente. And and um, so the first thing I noticed was I was having problems neurologically, and I w I have a lot of friends in sports fitness, and they were like, it was it was almost incredulous to them, like, what do you mean, Troy? And you know, it's like my fucking legs don't work. I got spaghetti legs. You know, what is that? And they're like, well, what do you mean? You know, like it's unheard of, right? Mm -hmm. You talk to doctors, they don't know how doctors don't know how to test for fungus in the body. Um, they, they, they don't know what to look for. I had five days of chronic fatigue. I had to be in bed. Like, and that was like the norm for about four or five years. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. So all my endogenous biohacking, quote unquote, you know, technologies come from remediating myself. Right. So, um, so I did, you know, I've been fasting for 30 years. I've been juicing for 30 years. I, I had a background in herbal medicine and Amazonian plant medicine. Um, so I just, I did all the basics continuously. 
Uh, I'd have to say that Qigong was probably one of the best things that held everything together. Wow. Interesting. Qigong and then everything that revolves around oxygen. So breath work, uh, hydrogen peroxide therapy was useful for me as well. What does that entail? Um, Food grade hydrogen peroxide. So I'm not advising it for anyone, Mm -hmm. but I definitely recommend uh, researching it. My friend uh, worked at a clinic uh, with a naturopath all in the 90s for AIDS patients in Beverly Hills. And a good colleague of mine, I told him what I was going through. I was like, you know, I had this mold exposure, but it feels like Lyme's, you know, all the symptomology is like Lyme's, autoimmune, chronic fatigue, you know, MS, right? Mm -hmm. With the neurological stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just knew other friends had been injured with like MS and these types of things. And then it was all about the doctors and their disease and their drugs and they're never getting better and blah. And I was just, I just realized... And I told myself long ago when I was younger, if I get cancer, I'm going to cure myself. And so I was just like, all right, I have to apply everything that I know to this situation. And at the baseline, you know, I had to cover my hydration, nutrition, sleep, thoughts, breathing, sunlight. You know, I had to get those at a baseline daily. That's my daily practice, making sure that I've covered my foundation bases. Uh, and then that's when I started branching out into the esoteric. You know, I, I bumped up my my urine therapy experience uh, with my friend. I did the hydrogen peroxide therapy. Um, and again, it, count, it comes from this colleague, very high level guy, uh, worked with very sick patients for many years. Uh, he turned me on to that. And it only makes sense that the answer, the antidote to complexity is simplicity. Right. 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 And so hydrogen peroxide is so simple. You know, it's an oxygen bond and it goes through the body. I don't know exactly what it does to the body. What, do you just drink it? So what, what was the, the actual protocol the, you did? The protocol that I researched uh, on the internet and what I recommend everybody do as well. Um, it just said, uh, I think, start off with like one to three drops and ramp that up uh, to 10 drops twice a day, I think was the protocol that mm-hmm. I was given mm-hmm. that resonated with me. And I started doing that and I got up to about 10 drops and I only did it once a day because I found it was too drying twice a day. And so I made my own adjustments. And then when I figured I'd had enough, I was done. And it was between that and breath work and the urine therapy and the aged urine enemas, those were kind of the creme de la creme that happened towards the end of my healing. Mm -hmm. The fasting, nutrition, herbal medicine, um, sleep, qigong, all that stuff is foundational. But the the secret sauce was kind of the urine therapy, hydrogen peroxide, um, breath work, that cool. type of thing. Yeah, I interviewed a guy uh, out of Brazil. He's not Brazilian, but lives there, Dr. Mark Circus, And he's a big, I think he lives there because probably the AMA or the FDA effed with him. Um, not, I'm, not, I'm speculating that. I don't know that to be a fact, but he's able to help people with cancer, you know, mm-hmm. um, alternative remedies for cancer. And he works a lot with the hydrogen peroxide. Mm. That's one of his big modalities. And when I interviewed him, we didn't go too deeply into it, but strangely enough, it's not one of the things that I've had personal experience with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I go off on these tangents, you know, did the auto urine therapy for a while and it's like, oh, that's cool. Did that move on to the next thing, but um, I'm always looking for the big needle moving practices for people that have the MS, that have the autoimmune, that have the mold, Lyme, things like that, because... Do you um, want to know what that is? What? Consistency of the basics. Right, right. That is the secret sauce for everything. You know, I'm sure you... you, you, Do you do any kind of coaching or consulting for people professionally or or even just personally for friends? I mean, you got to be the guy that people come to, hey, I got this thing, what do you think, right? Yes. Have you found, because I find this to be the case, that 
the shit that really works, like you've, you've said, breath work, sun exposure, sun gazing, um, grounding, getting out in the ocean, breath work, all this stuff, that that's the, you know, working on blue light exposure, EMFs, Wi-Fi, all that shit. It's the lifestyle stuff that's largely free. No fancy machines, no supplements. That's correct. That's the shit I find people will not do. That's they're like, correct. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. What's the pill? Right. They just, they won't do the thing. They want, well, they want the- Someone hit me up the other day with depression. I'm like, oh, easy. No problem. We got to do the ice baths, uh, breath, work, breath work, and you got to get out in the sun naked as yeah. much as humanly possible every day. Depression, I got, you know, I'm no doctor, but I'm going to say, give it four weeks of that consistently. You're done. Your problems are solved. Yeah. Make sure you're like, not poisoning yeah. yourself with garbage food. Yeah, you know, and you know, watching the inputs too that are deleterious to well-being. But I find people are just so resistant to Forgiveness, that. Forgiveness, gratitude, right? So, is that what's been your experience with people being blocked in that way, where they won't it's, apply the simple things that are right in front of us? Yeah, I think I think applicable terminology is called spiritual bypassing, if you will. You know, it's right. like, let me phone it in. Let me join the gym. Okay. My goal is X, lose X amount of pounds. Let me join the gym. All right. I've done my work. That's it. Or, you know, I have a lot of clients. I, 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 I work with a, uh, I work with a juice cleanse. Uh, and then they want to treat that as like their health thing. And they check the box off and then oh, I'm done. I did that. Right. But as you well know, it's all about lifestyle and what you do consistently to your cells, which is basically the cutting edge of genetics, which is epigenetics right now. And so it's consistent application of the basics, in my humble opinion. And movement is medicine and nutrition is medicine and sunlight and grounding and nature and as many facets in your little domesticated world you can get into. Um, that's where the true healing is. Do you agree that at the root of all of our pathology, whether it be mental or physical health, that the fact that we become domesticated is really the root of it? Would that be your perspective? I mean, that's some deep philosophy. So give me a second. Well, I would say that that's at the root, but I would say at the root of it is just God playing the big cosmic joke on God and oppressing ourselves so that we are forced to wake up from the oppression. But yeah, we domesticated ourselves. No conspiracy. How about business? It's just good for business, right? Yeah. You know, um, housing, selling materials, et cetera. Housing business, housing market, real estate market, all these things. You know, industry and business really has kind of cornered us into our little domesticated hole, um, uh, I postulate. So, and, and without trying to go too utopian, you know, because I, I don't like to be Pollyannish in my thoughts or not be completely naive, you know. Uh, but I do think that there we can strike some balance on this planet with both indoor and outdoor living and utilize uh, natural substances to clean buildings and build buildings. And I think we can do everything sustainable using the laws of biomimicry, which right. basically states uh, life creates conditions conducive for life. And currently humanity's not doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, br I bring that up just because as complex as all of this stuff of just good living gets, it seems to come down to, you know, the solutions all involve what we just talked about, that what I call the free biohacks is just getting in alignment with the principles of nature, the laws of the cosmos, the laws of the elements, right? And getting our biology and even psychology in alignment with those and connected to those again. 
So to me, if that's what's fixing us, then I go to, well, what's wrong with us? And it's that we're disconnected from that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's maybe an oversimplification, but it's one that makes sense to me when you look at animals in the wild without pollution and industrialization and human intervention they're strong and i mean you look at a fucking elk man and it's like it's a beast you look at a moose you look at a bear you look at a little beaver you look at an eagle it's like animals that are primal yeah and they're they're doing their thing you know um they're they're (laughs) yes the domestication is definitely you know so i got and i got and i'm you know i have to give credit to my friend daniel vitalis um not the not that he was the one that came up with this concept but he's the one that framed it in a in a flintstonian sort of paradigm for me where I can see you take a wild human and put it inside a cage and feed it cage food just like you would a zoo animal. They mm-hmm. Zoo animals get sick when you take a lion off the Sahara and put it in the LA Zoo. It's going to die. It's going to get all of this, you know, these pathological Disease. diseases and stuff. And then if you were to put it back in the wild and it could successfully reintegrate, it would again thrive in theory. And so I get all of that. But like you said, we have to be not naive and we have to be practical and not utopian because I like my cell phone. I like my Wi-Fi. I like having incandescent light bulbs that I can turn on at 2 a.m. and make the place bright if I so choose. You know, I like technology a lot. I love my car. I love airplanes and getting around. So it's, you know, I'm always trying to find this balance of that, what was that mimicry word? Biomimicry. Biomimicry where, use, you know, I use PMF or red light or sauna or cryotherapy, some of these quote, uh, unquote, unnatural uh, uh, modalities, but they're all based on the principles of nature, nature. right? And even yes. magnifying those. So you take like the juve red light therapy, that's not natural, but it's mimicking something that exists in nature, which is a certain spectrum of sunlight that exists in the morning and at night that is just now magnified and concentrated so you can spend 10 minutes naked in front of this dumb panel and not have to, you know, find the sun wherever you are, especially if you're in, you know, Ontario in January or whatever, you know? Right. So, I don't know. I'm always just trying to find this balance of, you know, where technology and nature can kind of merge and how we can find this sweet spot of, of balance within ourselves in terms of the lifestyle that we practice. And also just as you alluded to earlier, not being too crazy and neurotic about it, but having some awareness about kind of, you know, what's logical in terms of how to spend our time, the things to watch out for and avoid without being completely paranoid. I, I agree 100%. And, and then I would also postulate, Luke, that once you're awake to some degree, at least that you are sourcing healthy food for yourself and um, uh, some form of holistic living, clean water, uh, then you realize that you're connected to the earth. You're connected to the community. You're connected to the all uh, and back to Dr. Bronner's all one or none philosophy ultimately. And that we are all connected to the earth and the earth's ecosystems. And if we don't do something as men and make a stand, because if you look at the political structure and the geopolitics and the way business is, is, is going, it's going to in- go towards increasing its triple bottom line. And we're dealing with chemical companies, pharmaceutical companies, uh, other companies, uh, um, uh, oil companies that are contributing to the demise of our species ultimately. And so everything's up for uh, renegotiation. It's time for innovation. And it's no different from the Wright brothers wanting to fly like an eagle. And so it's time to upgrade the systems. And as far as I can see, because I worked in the Amazon for eight years uh, with an herbal company down there, 
and I understood the dynamics and of not only uh, the ecosystem, but also business. Oil exploration uh, uh, is a big element in the Amazon. People don't realize that. Once the roads are cut for oil exploration, and maybe there's no oil back there, then the Indians will fell the trees, sell the trees to the lumber market, and then they will burn the bush and, and grow cash crops, anything from coca and coffee to chocolate for example. So, wow. Fa- so, wow. so we're entrenched in the systems and at the first level of deforestation in the Amazon, it's not the only, but the first level is oil exploration. And then you look at what we're doing in the Sudan and Darfur and, and Afghanistan and Iraq. And, and, and so it's time to really grab our consciousness together and see what, where we're at as a species. And we're running on dinosaur fuels. We're running on an antiquated idea of fossil fuels. It helped us get Manifest Destiny to where it is right now. But now what are we going to do? The oceans are dead. The coral reef just died. A couple, it was a couple months ago, it was announced that you know they're toast. The, the, the rainforest has been being cut down at an alarming rate. The soils have been depleted in the United States of America. 70% of the American people are obese or overweight. That's directly related to our results. You are what you eat is an, an axiom that's not going away anytime ever, right? In the biological framework. And so if we're doing this to the populace, then 70% is close to 100%. And if I don't do something, right, I'll be eating Soylent Green GMO packaged, you know, microwave frankenfoods like everybody else and be sick like everybody else. So it's, it's, it's more of a responsibility once you start going down that biohacking, that health, that holistic health realm, you start to see that you're connected to the all. And it's a huge responsibility. And if we're truly going to upgrade the systems on this planet, then oil and money have to be uh, recalibrated. It's, money is just an idea from the central bankers that figured it out in 1913 and put in legislation and did whatever type of corruption and collusion inside. Yeah. Our- While Congress was on vacation. Right, exactly. <laughs> the, Fed, the Federal Reserve. I remember when I first found out the Federal Reserve was a private cartel of international banksters and not actually part of the government. You know, there's just... Or a business no different from Federal Express. Yeah, there's just, there's weird nuances to the big picture and the matrix that many of us don't realize until we become curious for whatever reason and dig a little deeper, you know? And then oil. We're all using oil and we're all using currencies, but oil created Iraq, Afghanistan, like all the geopolitics we see in Libya and Syria. And it's like, it's all for juxtaposition to get to those natural resources to pump gasoline into our vehicles and propel our economy. But that's old technology. Tesla already invented free energy. Cold fusion was on the, you know, tip of everyone's head in the eighties. Let's bring that consciousness back. Utilizing the rules of alchemy and neoplatonic philosophy, speaking into existence that which we can conceive in the mind. So it's no different from the Wright brothers wanting to fly like an eagle or Steve Jobs wanting to put handheld computers in everyone's hands. They were all told they were crazy. Okay, that's fine. I'm crazy too. So we just upgrade beyond fossil fuels. Solar, first of all, is totally applicable and doable. We just need to get a little bit of innovation dollars and subsidize that as opposed to subsidizing oil wars. Right. Right? Right. So... So that's my ideas for the evolution of our species because it's not about me, health, my health, and oh, if I eat organic food and what my followers on Instagram, you know, you guys should eat organic food too and do my juice cleanse and stuff. Well, if I don't get my shit together as a species and start raising up my brothers and sisters on this level of consciousness, then statistically, we're actually fucked. If you look at the environmental statistics, and you listen to Elon Musk talk because he studied this as well. He wants to go to Mars. I say, let's bring heaven on earth right here, right now. I like that perspective too. 
it's, it's, not, it's, it's like, not waste the great planet. Well, you know, it's funny. There's so many um, well-meaning causes and movements that mm-hmm. I see sometimes. And it's like, God, the heart's in the right place. But you're not talking about money and oil. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the environmental stuff, there's another big one that people often miss too, which is to me the lowest hanging fruit. And that's this geoengineering issue that we have where the skies pretty much worldwide at this point. There used to be countries that I would visit where you didn't have it. And I'm talking about... It wasn't in the Amazon when I was working down there. Yeah, mysterious planes that... Just look up geoengineeringwatch.com listeners or we can put that in the show notes. That'll be a good place to start. But essentially, we have planes all over the planet flying around, spraying some white dust. Weather manipulation. Yeah, kind of white dust in the sky and it stays there forever and looks like fake clouds. And um, You breathe it in. Yeah, and we don't really know, you know, the official story is it doesn't exist. The next official story is that, oh, it does exist, but it's for our own good to fight global warming. And there's really no one admitting, you know, what the stuff is, why it's there. And I talk to people and they're worried about cow farts in the environment. And I'm just like, that's cool. Good for you. But have you looked up lately? You know, the very air we breathe is literally being poisoned with something. And and no one's really fighting for that, you know, or fighting the the people that get assassinated because they come up with some free energy device. And next thing you know, they've shot themselves in the back four times in apparent suicide, right. you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, over the years, I've definitely been focusing on more of the fringe media. And now I'm kind of one of them doing what we're doing here, sitting in a conference with a recorder. But I, I like the way that you think outside of the box and think forward because um, it is a certain point. You want to meditate, you want to get yourself right. You want to do your breath work, get healthy, but then what? Like, then you just sit there. I feel fucking great. Good luck, you guys. You're compelled at a certain point to share the knowledge that you find, to share the big picture and open people's minds to ideas that are going to affect uh, upstream, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be politics, business. And I'm seeing a lot of positivity in all of those areas myself, but... yes. I see. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with this type, not, you know, to give my podcast credit, but just... Media that's outside of the matrix for mm-hmm. people having platforms, at least while we have them now, where you can share ideas without being beholden to the corporations. Mm-hmm. The people that advertise on my podcast, they don't care if I talk about chemtrails or vaccines or anything else. That's mm-hmm. not their business. They're trying to sell a brain supplement or a red light thing or hemp oil or blue blocking glasses or whatever. They're, they're outside of the matrix too right? as corporations. And they're the corporations that are taking us into that next level of commerce and um, awareness about not only personal health, but environmental health. Well, thank you to all your sponsors, man. Yeah, because, they're cool. That's why we... that, that's huge. I mean, we all have to collaborate and help each other go yeah. to the next level because we are up against a machine that's already running. And I don't like to be bad or good or point the finger at other or whatever. We're all in the same boat. They, it's like we, if you look at the highest level of Vedic scriptures, this is the big cosmic joke. Right? This is just God tricking God into remembering that God went to sleep, you know, <laughs> or took that LSD and forgot about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I- well, I like what you were saying earlier about the cosmic joke of, you know, on the, in the micro where we're individually eventually living by our instincts. I mean, I'm reading into what you said and taking it further, but we're living by our instincts and we're living in the animal nature, ignorant of the spiritual higher self nature that we have, which is the the part that is more holy or at least consciously connected to God. And then we live by the animal. And then in this funny sort of circular uh, um, 
potential we end up coming back to God because living in the animal for the animal is so fucking painful, you know? So it's like, eventually we go through this karmic cycle and come back to the ascension toward our higher self and toward God because the animal existence just sucks so bad. And in, in the macro, what I see, there's some doom and gloom, but it's that mankind is slowly, ever so slowly thrusting forward. And as a species on the planet, this rapacious sort of destructive egoic, animal-based consciousness that many of us have, groups of people and cultures and states and cities and uh, countries and eventually continents are kind of having that same emergence back into finding the solution that is actually sustainable, which is being connected to nature, connected to God, connected to love, to one another. Connected to your animal inside of you. Right? And then rather than defying ego, defying animal, embracing it. Fully integration. Yeah, right? Full integration. That's what I like to call it. Full primal yeah. activation and then full integration of the shadow. Okay. Go into that a little bit. So, uh, in my work, you know, especially with men um, and clients my age, uh, I'm 50, How old are you? I'm 53. Oh, you are you're a couple years older than me, yeah. And so, for me, it's all about turning on that primal animal, that animal, the biological animal. We are spiritual beings in a... Uh, I like to call our spiritual spacesuit, which is our animal. We're biological animals connected to the, 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 the laws of biology on this planet, the closed organic cycle, life eats life. And so coming back to fundamentals, so one physical way that you can do that is just by doing squats or either a full squat or doing some variation of the squat that puts you into your adductors, into your glutes, gets your animal. Uh, I think Ido Portal does the animal flow. Um, um, and and there's, there, there's other yoga that goes along with that as well. And, and Qigong. So whatever activates the animal. Now the animal needs certain things. It needs approximately half its body weight in, in ounces of water a day. And you want pure water. Uh, it needs some uh, nutrition, some sunlight. Uh, it needs to sleep and it needs to move, right? The animal needs to move. And that's why it's, it's, it's so important. Actually, uh, I think stored in our fascia, I like to just say, I like to take out the electrical impedances because we're electromagnetic beings and, uh, the minerals and the energy is all flowing through our meridians. And if we have stagnation between, uh, you know, the mind stores tension in the body, these are the principles of yoga. And so you go through the body to release the tension of the mind. And so... Um, we can we can grow at almost any jump off point. So we could work with the mind or we could work with the body. But becoming clear that your animal requires a certain foundation principle for health and optimization. Then I postulate if you kind of correlate it to Tantra, sexual Kung Fu, some of David Data's work, finding God through sex. And you turn on your animal to the highest level and you're conscious on emergent present moment reality, everything that's happening in the moment, right? Good, bad, or ugly and, and, and loving on it, right? Because this is life, life on earth, no matter whether it's good or bad. And this is- this Loving is the- on the letter from the IRS, the, the divorce papers that have been served, the car accident, the mold, right? This is the new drug, right? right. Okay. I like this. This is great. Yeah. You want to get off drugs? Ride the drug of not having the drug <laughs> and enjoying that and being cool with that. Right. That's your new drug. Right. Right. So, you know, ultimately, you know, making sure that we have all the, our needs as a, as a biological animal and then activating back up to either ground heaven on earth or access the divine through the animal. Because that's what the pineal gland and the the temporal lobes are for, in my humble opinion. 
you know, the limbic system's all for survival and, right. you know, to handle the animal, but right. this is for the evolution. And so, and connecting to the divine. And, and, it, and Einstein said that we are both uh, transmitter and receiver. Right. And this then would, okay, on one end of the spectrum, you have the, uh, you know, I used the word rapacious earlier, and I think that's a good description of something that's just constantly taking and taking. Mm -hmm. So you have a very low consciousness, say like a, a man who's violent, greedy, selfish, abusive, who's just completely in survival mode, right? Mm -hmm. Like the lowest end of the spectrum you could, I mean, well, the lowest, maybe a child molester or a serial killer, mm -hmm. your Hitlers of the world, et cetera. And then you have your Rishi living in the Himalayas in a cave who's mm -hmm. just completely ascended and enlightened. Mm -hmm. And one would think, well, if I want to be a good person and be happy and be spiritual, then the ultimate goal is that highest place of, of the yogi, the guru, the Rishi, right? It's in between. Right. Okay. So, and that was where I was caught up in that for a long time. Like, oh, I want superpowers like my gurus in India have, you know, and I've seen miracles happen. I go, shit, I want to be able to do that. You know, the ego wants to be able to do that and get followers and get laid. But I, I digress. I'm halfway joking. But on the opposite ends of the spectrum, you get where I'm I going love with, that you're right? halfway joking. So, it's like, well, there was a time. <laughs> there was a time yeah, for everything. I like to get laid too. I just understand. That but the, 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 the guru, the the saint, right? The the mystic. That's not better necessarily than the lower consciousness animal level person. It's just that they've, you know, um, ascended that mm -hmm. level of consciousness that's lower. But it's not that higher is better because right. in a certain way, if that ascended master is not really serving down back here on earth with us regular people then really what was the point of that? Was it not a selfish venture to reach those higher levels of enlightenment and kind of leave the rest of us down here with the animals? You know what I mean? Yes. So I, I like what you're saying that the integration means the, the loving and accepting of the animal nature, whether it be sex or wanting food or wanting property or material security. That There's nothing inherently wrong with that. Correct. But if it's done unconsciously where you're just animal, no higher self. Correct. The saint is not in the room. It's just this fucking thing that wants to just take everything. Then there's an imbalance there. And I, to me, this is useful because I can get the idea that ego is bad. And that if I make a mistake... Ego gets you out of bed in the morning. Right? You know, that I, that I make a mistake if I've sinned or something. It's the whole model of the organi many organized religions is, you know, the the uh, association of shame with sex, for example. Right? And it's Yo, like, well... That's the... Hey, and... and, and let's... <laughs> Let's talk about that because that's the most powerful element that the human being has. And if the religions are saying that, they're turning that off. And so, yeah. and look what happens. Look at the Catholic first Church. Law, I mean, dude. Correct. Correct. Right? So they're trying to squash the most powerful force in the human being body. And what's that doing to that church? What And what is coming out for the history, the whole historical record of that church. And so nature's first law is self-preservation. Everyone wants to get laid at the biochemical level. So can we call a spade a spade and come out and be unpolitically correct and say, I want to fucking have sex and I like to have sex because that's the truth. Trying to push it under the rug and hide it while you're using pornography in television advertising and television programming. I mean, that's just, we're bullshitting ourselves. Right, and then acting as if sex is bad, it's, it's the it's the number one thing that we're here to do, which is spread seed. That's nature's first law, and so coming correct with both the animal and the spiritual element, and merging, meeting in the center, and being both both that Christ consciousness while you're in animal formation, 
to me, that's what the whole purpose of the program is. Or even if you don't master it, die trying, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good goal. (laughs) It's a good goal. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. CBD, 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 CBD. You're hearing this everywhere, right? If you're into health, CBD products are all over the place. I was in the pet store yesterday and there's all these CBD products for your dog, for your cat, maybe for your bird, maybe for your ferret. I don't know. This stuff is everywhere. Maybe it's not in baby food yet, but it probably will be soon. Here's the thing. I'm very convinced that the cannabis plant and the hemp plant have medicinal value. I've used them in various ways over the years since I was a kid. Some of them weren't legal at the time, but what I'm talking about now is the use of CBD as a health supplement, as something to really improve your well-being. The difficult thing is finding the good players in the industry. And my friends over at Owned a Wellness have absolutely crushed it and created a product that I am, well, I don't want to say I'm addicted to it because it's totally non-addictive in every sense of the word, but I'm really enjoying it, put it that way. And, um, you know, if you suffer from stress or anxiety, you live in a city like I do, full of 5G cell towers and all sorts of insanity going on, and you need some help sleeping, chilling out, um, and just generally feeling um, uninflamed and well, I highly recommend that you go check out our friends over at OndaWellness.com. That's O-N-D-A Wellness, OndaWellness.com. And by the way, when you get over there to get their fantastic full-spectrum line of products and even bulk oil, you can use the code LUKE15 at checkout and save yourself 15% off. So that's OndaWellness.com. Some fantastic CBD products over there. No chemicals, no BS, organically grown, really, really potent, strong CBD. It's fantastic. And it's one of those things when you take it, you actually feel it. Not in the sense that you get high, but you feel your nervous system just kind of take a sigh. Like, and that's a feeling that we all can use more of. So go to OndaWellness.com. Enter the code LUKE15 for 15% off. And now, back to the interview. Yeah, I I like to think, you know, if I'm going to get angry, to get angry consciously, you know, to really be present there for it and kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, you know what? I really need to express this right now and I'm going to be conscious enough to do it in a way that's not harmful to other people. But sometimes you just... It's just part of the human experience. And again, to deny your sexuality would be the same to deny the rage that you sometimes yep. experience, which is sometimes very rarely justified. Well, and that's why we you do know? a lot of men's work as well. Because men, we just want to get around each other and just really get stuff off our chest. And we've all been raped or pillaged or hit someone or been hit or whatever. And we've kind of lived the same thing. I mean, I've been in men's works with people that have been in prison and, you know, the worst abuse and and once you kind of get it off your chest and you kind of connect with others and know that we're all in the same boat, you know, that's why I feel it's so important to do men's work specific. I do co-ed work as well, but men's work specific. Um, so we can just be, it's be, it's, it's like permission to be okay, to be human. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the pathology of us temporarily embodied males is, um, that we're taught to deny our emotions and our feelings and we don't learn growing up safe and effective ways to deal with that. You know, I mean, I know when I was a kid, I mean, I think my mom and was fine with me crying, but my dad, we're, we're very close now. I don't want to say anything disparaging against my dad. He did the best he could and we we're best of friends now and it's all good. But when I was a kid, 
I was crying because he was doing something, you know, we would be outdoors fishing. It'd be cold and I'd be crying and he would scream at me, be like, stop crying. Don't be a wuss. Or he would use other words, you know, <laughs> and it, it really, it, it hurt me. It really did. But it's just because he never, you know, he didn't learn from his parents that, oh, you're sad. Okay. Let's talk about that. What's going on? Why are you sad? Who hurt you? Oh, you were bullied. Oh shit. We need to sit down and talk about this. What does this mean? How can you express that. And so for him, it's just, you know, he had to bottle all this up and that was kind of of that generation, you know? Well, but as a man though, let me, let me say this. deep too. So yeah. Okay. So back to the Spartans. So many, yeah, anyways, many generations. So yeah. let me ask you this though. We're on the, it's funny, you know, I interview a lot of people and I think we talk about women's issues, I think more mm -hmm. than men's, which is interesting being a male podcast host. But, um, or maybe they are all men's issues because they're coming from my perspective initially. But mm -hmm. I think a lot about what it is to be a man and to be conscious and to do good in the world and to serve and um, to be in touch with one's feelings and have the ability to use empathy and compassion and kindness and love. But I've also been on the other end of the spectrum where I was way too feminine and I was a people pleaser and a doormat. Yep. And was probably repulsive to some of my female codependent partners. Yeah, codependent, all of that shit. Because I was, I'd swayed too far the other way, and I didn't know how to like harness or balance my masculine energy. So Dude, me right here, I got so, caught up in that as well. You know, trying to be PC, and I get it. But go ahead, finish. Well, your so as, as a man, um, and for those of you listening that are female, this would be a good thing for you to listen to, if you care to get a conscious, fully integrated, balanced man in your life, or if you have one and you want to learn how to cultivate that and bring that out, um, what is the, the middle ground for us of being able to cry and express our feelings in a healthy way, but not to become, you know, a, a complete, in yeah, the wind. to become a wet noodle yeah. also, you know, how do we find the strength and the love at the same time and find that balance? Well, and, and, and that's the key word. And all the ancient sages have said, walk the middle path or walk the razor's edge or, you know, um, and all knowledge is knowledge of self, right? And there's nothing new under the sun. So balance is critical. And uh, one of my friends does men's work as well with the Alpha Tribe, uh, Michael uh, Michael Holt, uh, really good uh, high-level uh, holistic guy. And he comes from a background of martial arts. So he's got this thing, Savage and Saint. I think that might even be his Instagram. Oh, that's cool. Savage that's and Saint. Great. We have the sum total. And this go goes back to what I said earlier. There's two forces that govern the third dimension here. That's yin and yang, masculine and feminine. And these things are all at play inside of us at all times. And so recognizing that there are two forces and that it, traditionally you were, you were the saint and the shaman for the family and the tribe. And, and, and also you would go out and kill and protect either to feed the tribe and or uh, protect against predators, whether that was animal predators or other tribes. And so we had both qualities in us at all times. But now because we've been domesticated and our hunting is done with business, Right, or video games, or, <laughs> right, or some other dating apps. <laughs> right, we don't know. We no longer have to secure our food and secure the perimeter, so that domestication has been lowered, and so um, so we've kind of lost that element in a healthy expression. And then when people see anger in a domesticated society, then that's unacceptable. And so, but it lives inside of our biology, inside of our genealogy. It's it's there. It's there for a purpose. Right, anger you know, uh, um, draws lines in the sand, right? It can draw boundaries, which if you know anything about child rearing and parenting, uh, uh, boundaries are love incarnate. And so, um, so it, it, 
it can serve its purpose. The anger, the aggression, the, the male qualities, the yang male quality, the extreme yang qualities are beneficial for some things, right? And that same male quality can also be, you know, or you look at it as an archetype, you could be the king, the lover, the warrior, or the magician, right? And you're always playing in between those. The idea is to stay in the center and have all of them at your command, not one or the other. And that comes down to balance and understanding. Um, and that goes into all the stuff that you teach from meditation to ice baths, to exercise, to nutrition and exploring consciousness. Because more than anything, this conversation for me is really about exploring consciousness. People ask me, what is certified health? Not what do you do for a living? You know, ultimately it's, everything's about health and consciousness for me. And at the cornerstone of everything, it's all consciousness period. And we are going through a huge evolutionary leap in human consciousness in consciousness period on this planet. Cause we take the consciousness of the planet with us as we evolve. So I believe that it's going to be a vibratory octave shift. <laughs> There's some crazy energies going on right now. It's, it's really, it's really interesting. I, you know, I think people that are more plugged into Mainstream media are, are thinking things are really bad. <laughs> I'm like, I think things They're are great, great man. better than ever. <laughs> totally. and, if, and honestly, if you look at the statistics of war, of famine, of disease, Have of you slavery, seen the last two years, like the wars died down. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But if you, you know, that doesn't sell commercials on TV on news programs. What sells? I mean, is the previous like, administration all... started Yemen, Syria. Libya, those are crimes against humanity, guys. Yeah. That's not yeah. democracy moving across the globe. That's oil exploration for the military industrial complex. Yeah. yeah. It's funny though, because when you, I always like, I'm, it's so hard for me sometimes to not talk politics, but I, I, I honestly don't think I'm well informed enough or educated enough on the topic to really delve in there because some of my opinions would be sort of radical, I think, by some standards, especially in Hollywood and kind of the culture here. But I do find it strange that, you know, going back over the past few presidents that we've had, the amount of carnage at the hands of the United States, like the amount of Muslim people that have been murdered under the last administration, for example, for eight years straight. Or how about just, you just utilized and marginalized for strife in other parts of the world right. so we could get at the natural... Yeah, you motherfuckers yeah. fight while we take the oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the whole... Ga- that's what conquered the it's continent been, of Africa is the been, divide and conquer and the tribalism. And you see the media trying to do that here. Fuck yeah. You know, racism, with the, sexism, with all of this stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's all bullshit. It's really, it's just interesting when you're not plugged into that. I'm not saying I'm better than people that watch CNN every day or something, but I do shop around for news and I want different perspectives. And every once in a while I do pop in and I watch some mainstream political commentary and I'm like, uh, <laughs> most of the time, like, you guys are so full of shit. Totally. It's actually not what's going on, you know? And so... I watch it all. Now I'm watching, as you said, I'm watching wars actually end and troops being pulled. I'm thinking, okay, everything's not perfect, but wow, that's actually progress. But, you know, because there happens to be a figurehead that's very controversial and that a lot of people don't personally like because of rhetoric and hair and skin color and whatever. Or who owns the media that's programming that's everyone that the guy's an asshole. That's that's kind of what who I'm getting at. Who owns the media? Like, let's look at that. And then what's his big point of contention? He's fighting the media. I, I'm an observationist. I'm an apolitical yeah. human being. Likewise. People can t- tell me I'm this, that, or the other thing. And look, I wanted hope and change just like the rest of everyone who 
got suckered into the whole Obama situation. But the fact of the matter is I'm also a realist and I pay attention to actually what's happening on the globe without the blinders, you know, what's happening business-wise. And, and there's ways that things are done. That's why my whole solution is, you know, uh, ultimately it's, it's, we've got to innovate beyond oil and money. Those are the two things that are holding yeah. humanity, humanity yeah. back, fiat currencies and fossil fuels. And so my major solutions for humanity, and I'm running for president of planet earth in 2020, by the you way, are? Luke. Yes. <laughs> oh, perfect timing. My platform is clean air, water, soil, equitable systems for all mankind in my lifetime. And, uh, uh, my solutions are free energy, so hashtag free energy, self-care education, uh, permaculture, and uh, gift economy, where we all give our gifts to that which we love. And I will expound on that because my mother, who's 72 years old, just recently moved back to Hawaii. She moved to Scotland last year and almost drove her and her husband crazy to depression and suicide and like murder. They were ready to kill each other. They moved back to Hawaii and her old company gave her a job and she is so grateful for that job and loves that job. So that's just a perfect example of someone who does what she loves in a business that most people, like I can't work for another person, but my, that mother, that job that's supporting my mother is supporting her whole life and consciousness. So I think if money wasn't an issue, she'd have to do that for her own time and expression right. of her soul anyways. Right. So uh, the gift economy is totally doable. And Michael Tellinger has a little bit more work on this, uh, his, his, his work on ancient civilizations and, and, and future of our species. That's super cool. I've ex actually experienced, and I, I have a feeling Burning Man might be kind of set up like this. Yes. It's, uh, it's not something I've been called to, but I used to go to a lot of Grateful Dead shows back in the day. And the economy in the Grateful Dead parking lot was like, I'll trade you a sheet of acid for 10 veggie burgers, or I'll give you an eighth of weed for those sandals. And you know, it's like, yep. it was so cool. You went there and it wasn't, you, you never asked your buddy, did you bring any cash? Like cash? No, I got a cooler full of beers. We're going to trade those for tacos afterward or whatever, you know? I mean, it was a sloppy version of that sort of barter economy, but yeah, and people would sell clothes or they make a little beaded necklace or whatever. It wasn't all. And this is beyond barter, what I'm envisioning. It's gift. Okay. It's full-blown gift. Oh, so not even, it's, there's not even a commerce element. Give. Give what you love. Give what you do. Contribute. Some people like to cook food. Some people like to grow food. Some people like to watch children some people like to make babies like me. Some people like to speak in front of audiences, which is the number one feared human endeavor. I know. Why do we do that to ourselves? You and I meaning. So right now I'm... I'm so like, each one has their own yeah, gift yeah, is, is my point. But what if your gift also kind of scares the shit out of you, but you just keep doing it? That's what I've been wondering. Like this year, I was kind of planning out the year and I, and I have been invited to some really amazing speaking opportunities. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, this is going to be part of my quote unquote business model. And then I book a couple of things and then I go, shit, why am I, you know, now I have to get up. Like I was just looking at the conference today going, I'm kind of glad I'm just hanging out on the DL recording podcast. If I was the guy and here's Luke Story, And I come out, it's like, oh, but then once I get out there, magic, my, my heart opens up and it's just this flood of, I don't know how to say it. It's kind of weird, but yeah, this flood of love and inspiration and knowledge comes through. At least subjectively, that's what it feels like to Your me. Your gift channels God. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, it's weird. It's, but I, 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 you know, I do envision this somewhat utopian world where everyone cracks the code and breaks the matrix that, that to get 
to get your instinctual needs met, your food, your shelter, all of that, uh, to be able to support a maid, a family, that you have to do something you don't want to do for someone else who's stacking up all the chips. Right. And what a guy like you's managed to do from what I get the feeling and I eventually figured out was, no, I'm going to do something that adds value to the world that I love doing, that I'm passionate about, and I'm going to be able to support myself and you know, hopefully someday a family doing that. Dude, that is the key to life. It's like being of service, but it's not being of service as a sacrifice. It's being of service is my job. <laughs> legacy, legacy work. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Per, and, I just, per, I, and, I, and I think, well, maybe, you know, not everyone's meant to do that. Some people are, you know, like the guy that's meant to sweep the pool here is being of service and that's his gig. And maybe he doesn't want to be an author or correct. have a TV show or something. Like my mother. Yeah. Like my mother. But I meet people all the time that have jobs that I think I would fucking commit suicide if I was doing their job. Like the person that's, you know, working the ticket thing at the parking lot here at the hotel. And I pull up and they're like, hi, how are you doing? This happened to me yesterday, actually in downtown LA. This woman, I took my girlfriend down there for a work project. And I notice things, you know, I really do my best to really pay attention to nuance. And I go to hand the lady my thing and I give her a big smile because I'm kind of thinking, wow, this has got to suck. She opens up the little window. Hi, how are you? Just glimmering. I'm like, I want what she's having, you know, she figured this shit out. Yeah. Because maybe her calling is her family or her calling is doing volunteer work or whatever. I don't know. It's none of my business, but she's happy as shit and she's in the parking booth. She's grateful that maybe she actually has something that's bringing food on her table. Right. And she turned whatever into a positive so situation. She, she, she broke the matrix for herself. Correct. And that she was able to contextualize what she does to bring home the bacon can be part of her dharma also. Even though to me, from the outside, you know, subjectively from my own experience, that looks like that would suck. Yeah. And it, maybe, you know, maybe someone going, oh my God, you have to sit there and talk to people all day with a recorder. I would be mortified. Maybe my job to someone else would suck, you know? I don't know. Well, and I think there's also undesirable jobs uh, that need to be talked about in the gift economy. And again, Michael Tellinger has a lot more technology on this. Uh, he's got the Ubuntu movement out of South Africa. Oh, okay. I forget what their slogan is, but Ubuntu, uh, it's an African word, I think, something we're all one or something like that. Anyhow, so for example, I live in Santa Monica Beach. I like a clean beach. If I got to clean the bathroom block one day out of the year or the month, I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? I can put mm -hmm. my ego aside, clean the toilets. If I, if I need a culture that lives on a gift economy and we can express ourselves creatively and build a life on a different level of consciousness where it's based on more creativity and abundance as opposed to scarcity and competition. Right. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my utopian Pollyanna yeah. well, that's idea. That, that's the higher self individuating itself into a collective, right? Being in the third dimension versus the animal nature becoming the collective and then forming these superpowers of corporations that are then using us like pawns and slaves. Yeah. Go on, carry on. Well, I'm just contextualizing what you're saying for my own brain. Well, and I'm trying to keep this podcast, or at least what I was talking about, in in uh, in context. And yeah. I, and my four solutions were free energy, self care, education, which is taking care of the human body, which yeah. they don't teach you in school, and uh, the gift economy, and um, and free energy and permaculture, which is food is free ultimately. You plant a seed in the ground and 
Yes, currently it takes money to bring it to uh, market, but uh, food's still free. I totally forget what we were talking about. I kind of interrupted you. My bad. Uh, I was on my solutions for president <laughs> yeah, of Planet yeah, Earth yeah, yeah, platform yeah. in 2020. It was on the gift economy. And we were in geopolitics too. Which... Yeah, but the gift economy though. The gift economy, I think. How does the gift economy work? I don't get it. Is it a barter system? No, it's not a barter system. People give their gifts. Everyone has their own gifts. Some people are innovators. Some people are worker bees. Right. And cool with being worker bees. Right. Right. That's their meditations. The that's, guy that sweeps the floor. Yeah. That's the lady that has life figured out that's working at the, the parking ticket thing. Yeah. Her her job is, is to turn everyone on, make everyone happy. Right. Even if that's conscious or unconscious. Here's what I want to go into. We're talking a lot about consciousness mm-hmm. and we're we're in this physical three-dimensional animal body right but yep. we have a soul that's expressing itself and and growing and experiencing through this body and the soul and the body unto themselves are connected to the elements to the animals to the plants to the planet itself and that it's all one consciousness right and yes. we're minute expressions of that consciousness well in certain parts of the world certain people have figured out how to take plants out of the ground Mm-hmm. Mix them up, boil them up, burn them up, prepare them, extract them in different ways that allow the consciousness that we are embodying to be set free and remerge with that big con- consciousness, meaning mm-hmm. the plant medicines of the world. Mm-hmm. Not something I've had a lot of experience with since I was younger and would just party doing mushrooms and things like that. Recently, mm-hmm. did uh, four ayahuasca ceremonies for the first time. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, needless to say, the most amazing thing ever. And I'm doing some podcasts on it, which will have come out by the time this one comes out. So people can go back and listen to, mm-hmm. I think I call them, uh, uh, Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> There's a series Peru of them. Arrhythmia? Or... Arrhythmia, yeah. Okay, cool. yeah, yeah, in Costa Rica. Great. So you spent some time in the Amazon. I get mm-hmm. the sense that you've done some plant medicine. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can just kind of tell when you talk to someone because they have a certain depth of understanding. The Uh, level of coherence I recognize with people who do a lot of psychedelics. Right. So what's Not everybody, but... What's been your experience with plant medicines in general? The different ones? What what have you gained? Have you had any negative experiences? How long has it been? Give us kind of a whole picture of your uh, shamanic exploration. Yeah, I I was working with uh, um, an herbal company uh, from the Amazon that would have been uh, started in 2005. And then... I I went on an expedition with the owner of that company in 2006, and I had my first ayahuasca experiences down there. I drank medicine about 10 times my first time down there. Uh, I had three very profound visions that have been unfolding ever since. Certified Health Nut is one of them. Oh, wow. My family is another one. Certified Health Nut is basically an amalgamation of my on-camera career, um, uh, my natural medicine studies and I was doing stand-up comedy at the time and really? kind of all merged into one and no sort of health not popped into my head. And it's been unfolding ever Were since. Were you an actor or something? Actor, model. I was oh, a Versace okay. model. Oh, okay. I started studying nutrition in Milan in 1989. Interesting. Yeah. Got into wow. fasting, herbs, juicing. Um, and so, uh, so that was 30 years ago. And, and I started working in the Amazon and, uh, drinking the ayahuasca and I had three profound visions. The final vision I had is that humanity makes it from the precipice of ecological disaster. Like we, we evolve, we make it. Mm -hmm. I've seen that vision clearly. Uh, And so I took those messages out 
and I've been you know putting it on my YouTube channel and and social media platforms ever since, uh, and evolving my own consciousness around like how to do this, how to communicate, how to how to make it beneficial for the all, like you know the elites that have all the money in the corporations, like we can't make it a bad day for them as well. We have to transition to everyone comes up all, all uh, um, high tides rise, all boats. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, formulating those ideas and the messages to bring people uh, along for the ride as well. Um, that's been happening for the last uh, uh, 15 years. And so, and I've drank ayahuasca. I take people down uh, to, to uh, drink medicine on retreats uh, uh, for the last 12 years, uh, pretty much, uh, not too often, but, uh, last time I was down there was in 2012. And, uh, some, one of the last times that I drank ayahuasca was, was back then. I've done it once recently in California in 2018, but otherwise I don't really seek it out. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, it's like, um, what do you say? Once you see, you can't unsee. And I've kind of had enough of it. And not that I'm, shy away from doing my own shadow work or because that's what I use it for now is really to get into deep psyche and layers of forgiveness and resentment and letting go deeper emotional stuff Mm -hmm. uh, is usually what I use the plant medicines for now and I've had very hellish experiences on that as well which the shamans will say you know they're usually the best because when you walk through hell then you know everything else is gravy Mm -hmm. and so um, so um, that's you know, my, my experience with, with the plant medicines, I, I also have friends that use the, the 5-MeO DMT up here. And there's plenty of shamans uh, that are doing ayahuasca ceremonies in North America as well. And, you know, the jungle's dying right now. And these plants are very intelligent. They're intelligent spiritual entities and uh, they're utilizing uh, man. In fact, plants have always utilized man to spread seed. If you know the story of Johnny Appleseed. Oh shit. I never thought of that. Yeah. So hape, bufo, cambo, ayahuasca, iboga is all over the planet right now. There's right. ceremonies being done everywhere. Right. right now. I did cambo in Topanga years yeah. ago. You know, it's a long time ago. Yeah. Before, you know, I think a lot of people were culturally aware of it even, you know? Yeah. My shaman, my, my mentor in, in the Amazon, this gringo shaman, he said that when things go haywire in the world, as they are today, man goes back to the origins and ayahuasca is the origin. Wow. That's trippy to think about. So, you know, as this, for lack of a better term, this, this trend, which I guess doesn't necessarily have to have a negative connotation, but let's say this trend or this emerging popularity of plant medicines and there's this whole subculture of people that I'm finding. Everyone I talked to and I was like, yeah, duh, of course. I've been doing ayahuasca for years. I'm like, what? <laughs> I feel kind of late to the party. I, just, I didn't feel the calling. I kind of just ignored the noise yeah. about it. I was yeah. just like, God, it's just not my thing. I'm sober. Like, I just, eh. Yep. Not into it. I'll just, I got my Vedic meditation. It's working just fine, you know? Um, but I'm looking at this subculture and now a friend of mine the other day is like, oh yeah, we're growing ayahuasca over in Hawaii. I'm like, Hawaii? it's not from Hawaii, you know, but there you go. The plant's like, hmm, the jungle's being cut down. We have a role, us plants uh, here. We have consciousness. We have intention. We have a purpose other than just climbing up a tree. Let's hop in some hippie's backpack and go to fucking Kauai and plant ourselves there. And then pretty soon it's going to be all over there. That's right. You know, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Terrence McKenna brought it to the islands originally. Really? And I know that there's... Suits to Hawaii? Yeah. I think some of the yellow vine that's being grown out there. Wow. uh, There's a guy, Dr. John, I think he's been growing. Oh, cool. He's been curating the the Terrence McKenna transplant over there. 
from, I think he brought it over there from the 70s. That's, who's the one that's still alive? Dennis? Dennis. Dennis, the brother, yeah. yeah. He was at Paleo Effects last year and I almost got an interview with him. I'm hoping to sit down with him someday. He did a presentation on ayahuasca. It was amazing. Mm. Just the history of use, all these stories with these 110-year-old shaman. I mean, just shit out of like Indiana Jones yeah. type plant medicine stuff, you know, where you're just like, oh my God, it was so fascinating. And, and also just the, you know, the actual biochemical processes that are mm. happening to the physical brain. Neuroplasticity. Yeah, under the medicine and all that. And oh, it's just such a fascinating um, development, I think, for us culturally. Yeah. And you were talking about using it to face the shadow self, you know, the hidden self and resolve underlying pain and trauma. What kind of things have you, you know, however personal or specific you want to be, what kind of things have you worked through that you found to be difficult to overcome on the natch? Like, have you been fast-tracked through any healing of any traumas or, or forgiveness using plant medicine specifically? Well, I, you know, I grew up on the street as a kid. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny. So the healing that I got, you know, you tell yourself all sorts of stories. I was abandoned. I was, you know, blah, blah, blah. Fact of the matter is I really like being on my own. And my parents had some trouble with the FBI and, 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 you know, they, they, they got in some, some, some issues that... Where'd you live as a kid? Connecticut. We grew oh, up okay. in Connecticut. And so, you know, I think I had some trauma around my mom not being available and just being abandoned as a kid. And then I realized, you know, my mother's always been here. I've been supported by Mother Earth, you know, uh, the whole time. So how much of that is just my story that I'm, that I'm, that I'm saying to myself over and over again? Because I really enjoyed being on my own at 14 years old. I liked being a nomad. I liked being my own person. And so even if it was a micro element or a sliver of me playing the victim, I was just like, I want that out. You know, I want to own it all. And, and I think a lot of my anger, my childhood anger that played out as, you know, alcoholism and party animal style, you know, in my 20s. Uh, self-destructive behavior, you know, I think the, the, the roots of it were, were kind of at my younger year, psychological years, maybe even, you know, getting your ass whooped by your old man, you know, a few times. That's pretty traumatic, you know, no matter what, you know, I think we all have it. And so, and then it's, and it, it's what you do with it and process it. And I did enough healing work and, and uh, cognition work, like just trying to forgive my parents or, or bless them or understand them. Um, and I actually did a tour of my stepfather's orphanages in 2003. And I was like, holy fuck, he dealt with that. I was like, I forgive him for fucking everything. Right, right. <laughs> for fucking everything. Okay, right. I'm cool, dude. Yeah. Like, no problem. Yeah. And so, so I think, you know, the, the plant medicines just help a deeper level of integration um, into the shadow and the dark side. I think the shadow, what I invite my clients and, and, and workshop participants in is to integrate the shadow uh, by inviting it to the party, honoring it at the party. It's at the party anyways. It's showing up as your self-sabotage, as your unconscious and subconscious behavior. So you might as well just invite it to the party um, and integrate it and be okay yeah. with it and be cool with it. So a big part of my shadow is anger and you know, maybe misguided anger towards my mother or towards my father. F Freud was on to all that 
mom and dad stuff. And, and so the roots of it are there, but fully, you know, what is anger? And again, back to the primal roots, you know, uh, it, 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 it draws lines in the sand. You know, I grew up on the street, people fuck with me, you know, I, you know, it's like, you know, you get into fights and stuff. If you don't draw a line, you know, people fuck with you and, and they'll take you out. And so I always had that fighter spirit in me. So I had to understand where my shadow came from. I had to understand that it served me as a young human being um, and what its purpose is now and how I can redirect that in some of the work that I'm doing and energetically and creatively work that fire, that, that, that powerful antagonistic fighting energy and channel that in through my platform. And I use a lot of comedy. I mean, we've all heard that the comedians usually mm-hmm. get into it because they're fucked up lives. And so uh, I like to use a lot of my comedy in to you know, make light of the subjects and, and uh, bring more levity into it as opposed to heaviness. Um, and that has helped me in my life. Uh, as well as help me share some of these deeper ideas about the shadow or, or about, you know, the deeper aspects of, you know, how we're living environmentally. Because again, you start talking about the environment and you start you start dividing people, you know? Yeah, the uh, isms come in and I'm, we're all in, using I'm oil. into this ism, I'm into that ism, you know, and then you got, you're getting nowhere. We're all using oil and we're all using fiat currencies. No one's free until we're all free. And the fiat currencies are enslaving everyone. Predatory lending and fractional reserve and, and all this stuff. Look into fiat currencies. Look into the history of the Fed. And just understand that and call forth our own human liberation. Do you see any, um, any hope? I don't know a lot about the whole uh, Bitcoin and all that. What do they call that? Cryptocurrencies? Do you- do you see that as an emerging overtake of the fiat? I mean, it's a fiat currency too, in a sense, but it's outside of the system per se. I see that and PayPal uh, as just the machinations of money technology morphing in to make another play over here. Is it going to be that? Oh, the Bitcoin's still attached to the dollar. What are we going to do? We're going to go back to gold. What, what, like, where are we going? Like, right, it's right. all unraveling. And, you know, Elon Musk is no schlep to entrepreneurialism and innovative ideas. And he tried to create an alternative money system. Well, now it's all steeped in Visa and banking and all that stuff now, but at least he tried, right? And so, and that's what we have to do. We have to test new theories. We have to come up with ideas. We have, you're an intelligent human being. I'm an intelligent human being. We're men. Let's talk about the future of what's going on and how do you see and how can we optimize and, you know, how can we biohack society? How about that? Mm Mm-hmm. Because you can't really biohack biology. There's certain fundamental biological principles that you might want to pay attention to physiologically, psychologically, and biologically. But society's all by design. So can we biohack society? You know, that is a manufactured element. So, and I know that these things are all linguistic, uh, metaphorical, and language can be both an obstruction and an abstraction. So I get that. Um, so, yeah, I postulate let's biohack culture or society or going, with life affirmative principles. Yeah, going, going back to the plant medicine uh, element of that, because I see that as a really positive thing that this is emerging. I mean, a lot of people criticize Silicon Valley, all the people microdosing and stuff. And you're like, these are the idiots that are, you know, running, <laughs> you know, so many 
powerful elements of our culture, but... But they got enough money to figure that out. So you might want to pay attention to that. <laughs> right. But I, I see like the legalization of, you know, cannabis and all these things that it's great. I mean, I think more people should do certain drugs, you know, because um, they've helped me when I've been intentional about it. Look, if pharmaceutical <laughs> drugs are legal, then natural drugs should be totally legal. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've not heard of one person having a cardiac arrest on mushrooms yet. <laughs> if you look at the or ayahuasca for that matter, it, right? If you look at the warning, you know the uh, the medical warnings on the side of prescription drugs on the packaging, you erectile know, I mean, dysfunction or even death. Oh man, I mean, like, right don't you. even look at the ones on vaccines if you want to really freak out. Um, but into the plant medicine world. Do you think there's a possible downside or dangers of people using these really powerful substances to kind of party and escapism and, you know, where the trendiness kind of makes it, you know, it loses the the intention and the the sacred element Yes, as it becomes more available? Like this morning, your buddy um, Alex was, you know, and he looks quite skilled in the, in the uh, shamanic arts and he had his little... Amazonian pouch and he starts pulling out some hot bay, you know, some of this tobacco powdered snuff kind of stuff. It's like, hey, he's doing some. I think you did some. You guys look fine. I'm looking at you guys. I go, shit, I'm just like them. He goes, you want to try something? Yeah, I've done that before. I did it, dude. And I was bored. <laughs> I mean, I think it was about two hours. I just go lay on the concrete. I, I had all these podcasts planned. I just, it's like, check, please. Nice. I'm out. Yeah, people are coming up and talking to me. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I'm sweating and I'm about to throw up. Like, I can't talk to you. Um, so I would be, and then I texted that to my girlfriend. She's like, oh God, don't be that white guy. You know, these are, <laughs> these are serious medicines. Like this isn't a party, you know, or something like that. I'm like, okay, honey, good, good point. I wouldn't say I'm totally white. What that's another conversation, but, um, and what's wrong with being white after all? Totally. There's all this racism against white people now. It's really weird. But, um, so anyway, but I did feel like a jerk and I was like, yeah, that wasn't actually very thoughtful. I did take a moment and I set an intention and my intention was, I'll just say, was to be of service at this conference and just to bring light, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I'm doing that. But there was a two hour break because of that damn medicine where I wasn't bringing anything except nausea. So that would be a case example of like, dude, that was not thoughtful and probably didn't necessarily serve you or the other people here. So what do you see as the downside to this, you know, this exploding trend of everyone being a shaman all of a sudden and getting into all these medicines that are quite powerful and definitely portals into other dimensions? Yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, Multidimensional on that one. Uh, okay. So first of all, it all comes down to intention, right? Um, what you're doing with it and what the other person's doing with it. And then what the other person's doing with it if it's right for you, it's going to be resonant, right? If this time period at the Burning Man or at the Hilton Hotel here is is perfect for you, then go go for it. Move forward. Green light for you, right? It's resonant. Uh, that's the first indicator. The second indicator, if it's not right for you, then do it in another sacred setting or somewhere else. The jungle's dying right now. These plants are intelligent. They're everywhere right now. They're here to be utilized. Tobacco is one of the ancient shamanic tools. It's the shaman's ally. It allows you to, uh, tobacco has very powerful uh, use. It grounds you to the earth and clears negative spirits. So, um, and I worked with Maori shaman for many years and I've watched many exorcisms from them. So spiritual entities, dark forces, they do exist. And tobacco annihilates that, right? That's the shaman's tool, especially they use the mapacho in, in the Peruvian Amazon with the shapipo. 
and other cultures as well. But I also know that they use the the hape and the sank in Ecuador, which is the liquid uh, um, snuff. And so uh, it's a tool. And then if you want to look at it uh, biochemically, then you can look at the niacin, the quercetin, and the CoQ10 and what it does for the brain. And it decalcifies the pineal gland. So it's got all sorts of purposes. And then, of course, tobacco is a very powerful uh, spirit. So you want to pray with it and use it for prayer. That's what it's that's what it's there for. It's a conduit into the spirit world. So I use it to pray to God, et cetera, to set my intentions, get very clear. It's also all those nutritional elements and the nicotine that I said earlier helps the mind sharpen and get focused. And plus we're all dealing with fluoridated water. So everybody's got a pineal gland that's calcified anyways. So a little bit of hoppe is useful in this day and age right now, in my humble opinion. The spiritual bypassing, what you're talking about, is always potentially possible for anyone to go to a yoga class and be like, I'm enlightened. You know, give me my $4 latte and fuck you that you don't have soy milk today, you know, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody's getting high on their own little ego supply. It just depends on what level. And so you can do the spiritual bypassing if that's your choice, or you can utilize it as a tool of awakening and awaken and and be honest with yourself. Use it as a mirror. Use it as that soul mirror of who and what you're doing and is what you're doing good for your long-term survival. That's what these jungle tools are excellent for. Um, And then again, it all comes down to intention. What is the individual person utilizing it for? Is it for mind expansion? Is it for heart opening? Is it for uh, healing? Or are they using it, you know, to just, you know, get high um, and and go beyond it? So it, so again, I think I hope that answers your question in a in a in a in a in a a broad spectrum. But with plant medicine, it's not like drugs. Drugs have side effects. Plant medicine, you could use it wrongly, but it's still going to teach you. Um, <laughs> right. See, that's yeah. I think that's the thing where you 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 take a you know like plants derivatives of plants that I used to be addicted to for all intents and purposes, right? So, cocaine. You know this? Yeah, the coca leaf. You know, process that into a white powder. Then you process that white powder into something you can smoke. They call it crack. I don't know what they call it these days. It used to be standardized and isolating. Yeah, and then with elements. heroin, you know, you've got this beautiful poppy. You do some shit to that. Take and you the get cofactors this, out of it, and it causes all sorts of problems. Yeah, and then you get imbalances. This, this syrupy tar from Mexico, uh, and um, you smoke that, and next thing you know, your life goes to shit really quick very little upside to those extracts, right? Now, if I go break my leg, please somebody give me some morphine. Like I'm all in, but on a daily use kind of thing, not very effective Um, Mm -hmm. and not making me more present in the world um, and actually eroding for me. And you mentioned alcoholism for me too. I share that. And all of those things really eroded my moral character Mm -hmm. where I became a worse person. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I became more selfish, more deceitful, more angry, more irritable, more dishonest. Just not a great guy, mm-hmm. not contributing, just taking, taking, taking because you're constantly in that survival mode. I, you know, I don't plan on like doing ayahuasca on the weekends and watching fucking Pink Floyd the wall or something. You know, it's like, it's not a party drug for me, but I don't really see that type of downside where it has a potential for, for me at least personally, I don't know other people for addiction or that I could do it and just party with it all the time or peyote or, you know, any, any of these things, um, the, um, San Pedro, you know, these, these real like indigenous people's plant medicines that have a sacred history. Um, I don't really see the downsides 
that I would with an extract like a cocaine or a synthetic like a crystal meth, yes. heroin, etc. Physio- you know what I'm saying? Physiologically, addicting wise, mm-hmm. I mean, well, with hoppe, nicotine is extremely addictive. So be very yeah. clear on that with the yeah. tobacco. Um, and with great power comes great respect. So, and having respect and reverence for substance is very important. Um, especially if you're coming from any kind of addiction background, uh, recognizing all substance has purpose uh, and then having respect for, you know, even alcohol. Like, um, I fully understand it and respect it. Hey, what's up, brother? Uh, I I fully uh, respect it. And that way it doesn't have dominion over me, right? It's not the boogeyman like, oh, fuck, I hope I don't drink again. I hope I don't have a cigarette again. You know what I'm saying? It's like I respect tobacco. And I also know the origins and the natural elements of it as well. So if I do want to dance with it, I know how to do it organically as opposed to synthetically. And if I do anything synthetic, I know that there's a detoxification component and there's a potential uh, um, detox involved. And so it comes down to emergent present moment reality and being cognizant of everything that you're doing. So back to intention again. Do you ever drink alcohol at this point in life? I'm not drinking alcohol today. Oh, okay. Yeah, me either. How, how long has it been since you've had a drink, if you don't mind me asking? I think, I think it's been a, like two and a half years. Yeah. I, I, I was right around 50. I just realized, eh, you know, I can go out and party with the boys, you know, smoke some cigars and, and hang out and have a good time. And I'm Irish. I can drink some fucking whiskey. <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, but I just realized, you know, I got business and the kids and, yeah. and hangovers just suck. And yeah, I'm just I, like, eh. I don't really need it. You know what right. I'm saying? It's not like right. I haven't had that experience. Yeah. So, and I, I'm also, I don't like to be the guy on the wagon and then put myself in a prison and then God forbid I should have a sip and then, oh no, oh no, my life's over. I've relapsed. And so I just let it go and play it yeah. much easier and, and just, today I'm not drinking. That's yeah, all. yeah. And I'm cooler with that. Yeah. You know? That makes sense. I, I think the key word for me there is is respect. You know, with me, with something like a alcohol, cocaine, even weed, things that I know I could potentially habituate to quickly. Um, I'm just very respectful. <laughs> you know, it's like I respect the spirit of alcohol and I think it does have its place in a sense. You know, it's sure. great social lubricant and disinfectant, uh, various things like that. Well, but I just I just know clean. that I don't touch it because there's something that happens. There's a biochemical reaction. Historically, you know, it's been 22 years. I don't know what would happen right now if, you set a whiskey on the table and I did a shot, maybe I'd be fine. But the risk, if I'm not, if I disrespect the power of that energy and I decide to play with it, it's just unknown. Mm -hmm. It's just too risky because the downside potential is so gnarly that it's just like, it's just a non-issue. Yeah, you know? that's where I'm at today. I mean, yeah. and we're... But to uh, other people, it's a much bigger deal. Like inside someone's like, hey, let's go out and get a drink. And then this other guy... She's like, oh no, he doesn't drink. And I'm like, dude, it's not even a thing. Right. It's not it's a been thing. So many years. It's just, <clears throat> I don't even notice. Well, that's not true. I do notice that the people around me are drinking, but I'm not fixated on it. Right. I have an awareness that, oh, that's interesting. So that person's drinking alcohol. But beyond that, it's just, it's none of my business. I just know for me, when it's offered, it's just a pass because I respect that fucking drink. Right. I know the power that it could have over me if I dance with it. And it's just, I'd rather not, you know, get on the dance floor. Correct. Um, you're super in shape, dude. This is the last thing I want to cover. Uh, anyone that follows um, 
him on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Certified Health Nut. Certified Health Nut. Yeah, okay. So that's on all your platforms? Yes. Certified Health Nut. So if you follow Troy on Instagram, he's at Muscle Beach in in Venice lifting weights and doing this crazy shit. You're 52? 53. 53. Uh, Ripped guy in real, real fit, you know? Um, Not, you know, not like, I mean, I don't think being too ripped is necessarily healthy. You look great. But you look like a balanced physical specimen of a man. You look strong. You look like you could get some shit done. You look like you can move. You know, you've got your animal, your wiring. Um, what do you What do you do? I mean, do you like do traditional weightlifting? Do you do functional movement? You mentioned Tai Chi. What's your physical practice? How do you say strong, ripped, mobile, young in your body? So first and foremost, abs are made in the kitchen. I would say that 75 to 80% of your fitness is diet related. So oh, there's my problem. That's why I have no abs. <laughs> it's the late night carbs. <laughs> Dude, I'll... I, Switch to fats, bro. Come I know, over. I know. It, I, you know I'm, pretty fat, line, I'm pretty fat adapted, but I swear to God, something happens like 10 or 11 at night and I'm just, I know I have wild blueberries in the freezer and I'm like, you know what? They I'll, go perfect with I'll ice have, cream. I'll Strauss. Have, well, no, it's just, I'll just do the blueberries. And I thought I was good. And then one day I was like, let me just look at the carbs because I was trying to be keto for a minute or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude, my wild blueberries are like 19 grabs of carbs or something per serving. And a serving is like a cup and I'll sit there and have a huge bowl, like half a pound or, you know, I don't know. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, God damn it. Anyway, enough about me and my problems with not having abs at 48, but you know, so it starts in the kitchen. What else do you do to be superhuman looking? Uh, presumably feeling. I did a lot of Qigong. I advocate mobility and and, and Qigong is just an excellent uh, practice. You know, Qi means energy and Gong means practice. And various different martial arts movements or swings that I do uh, are designed to activate the breathing apparatus, the diaphragm, pelvic floor, the stabilizers, you know, the, the mechanisms from the bottom of your metatarsals and your feet, and which are connected to your five meridians and really just getting the electrical impedances out of the body through uh, movements and finding your kinks. So I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of, you know, Bruce Lee philosophy of study with everyone, take what's useful, discard the rest, make it your own. And so, um, so I picked up a handful of things from yoga and, and, and Tai Chi, and then I've adopted them into my own kinks. And I'm just about getting all my kinks out. And that's what I encourage my clients and, 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 uh, uh, and my followers to, to, to do is to get into your own primal animal and figure out where your kinks are and harmonize the breath and the movements with it. Uh, so mobility is a big part of my practice, that flexibility, uh, stability practice, balancing stability. I like to tie my shoes on one foot because you got to put them on and off at least twice a day, right? Um, and I've got a shoe policy at my house, so even more. So when I had that neurological issue mm-hmm. happen from the black mold, I had to rebuild my neurology from the bottom up. So I started tying my sh- shoes on one feet because it's something I have to do every day, right? And so uh, that helped me with my balance mechanisms and a lot of the Qigong and Tai Chi moves work on that level. Same thing with yoga, especially some of the balancing poses. So uh, working on mobility, flexibility, and stability. And then I did a 17-day juice fast preparing for uh, ayahuasca expedition uh, in 2007. And I lost too much lean muscle mass. Um, And that was 2007. Then I had two kids got the black mold exposure and it's, I never built the, the muscle back. And so at 50, 
52, I challenged myself, or 51, I challenged myself on the road to yoked, I call it, on, on uh, hashtag on the road to yoked in, uh, on Instagram. And I just challenged myself and I kind of, I don't know whether I wanted a secret accountability or something, but I put it out there and I didn't pay too much attention to it. And then six months down the road and I did all functional exercise and I, I put my ego aside and I said, I'm going to pick up five pound dumbbells and not give a shit who looks at me at goals because I'm going to be functional and I'm going to be healthy and injury free, right? That's my main goal, injury free. Because the trap for the, the male over 30s is to grab the the big dumbbells when they were in their twenties or in their teens, right? And the androgens aren't there. The biomechanics aren't there, et cetera, et cetera. The physiology, the posture is not there. And so you easily throw something out and then you're out of the game completely. So I started doing really functional movements systematically, uh, three to four times a week into Gold's Gym. Just walking through the threshold of Gold's Gym puts you in the realm of getting shit done. You know, Arnold's there often and 50 Cent, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Mickey Rourke. You know, all the greats are always there. All the bodybuilding guys, Charles Glass is still there. So walking through Gold's, it's like, you're going to get some shit done. Even if it's just fucking being in the energy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I just did that consistently. And then within six months, I was like, holy shit, all right, something's happening to my body. And then I was doing all this functional integrative stuff that my boy Paul Check uh, showed me. And uh, the cable poles and the Swiss ball balancing and stuff. And I noticed uh, it all started to come together with my obliques and my whole physique so it wasn't like I was a blow-up doll, like my bench is, you know, my chest is puffed out, my arms are big. It was like I was fully integrated, all my musculature, the fascia, the ligaments, um, and I got my diet all fine-tuned. Basically, I've been studying with Paul Check for the last seven or eight years. So everything that I learned from him, which is basically, I had a lot of health knowledge, but this is all human optimization and kind of integrating everything, um, really happened uh, in the last seven years, but it culminated on the road to yoked last year, um, just building strength back into my body. And uh, so that that makes sense because that's probably about the time I became aware of you and uh, started following you on Instagram. And I'm just like, dude, this guy's making serious progress. But I didn't really see the before. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, why? You know, you know, you see someone in your feed, you're like, fuck, that dude's ripped. How did he do that? You know, so there we go. There's the answer. That that makes sense though, because I was my brother Cody's story is really into functional movement. And he's a real mobility geek and stuff. Coming as from a former gym rat, like you said, like inflatable yeah. doll kind of mentality. He got injured, so he bailed on all yeah. that, and then went full functional, natural movement and stuff, and then with some high intensity. And the times when I've committed to his program, I've had the sense of what you're talking about. It's not like, wow, damn, my biceps feel strong. It's like, whoa, when I'm moving through space and time. My proprioception, just the way that I'm relating to my physical world is just different. You go to open a door and it's like your fucking calf muscle is helping you open the door. You know, you're just, you're totally in your body. It's a really great feeling to have when all of those synapses are being connected, you know? And then it's just, God, I just have the hardest time. I'm so disciplined in my life. I mean, you know, I've quit so many negative habits and really addictive things and all this shit, but keeping a regular movement practice and 
feeling the way that I'd like to feel in my Where meat suit. Where are you suit. living, man? You I live, live in Laurel Canyon. Canyon. Dude, yeah. you got to come down to fucking beach, dude. Dude, it's just like, I'm like, God, oh, so many, my, lifestyle, so many of my friends, you know, like Aaron Alexander and my own brother. I mean, so many friends are just in really good shape and they feel really good. They're pain-free, which is an even, you know, more aspirational goal than having abs. To me, it's just like, wow, you can have a body that doesn't hurt every day. Yeah. Because mine still does, you know, honestly, just... You know, the, the muscles, tendons, ligaments, something's not right. When always. was the last time you built strength in your body? I do it on a semi-regular basis. You doing deadlifts? Squats? I do the X3 bar and I do deadlifts with that. I recently, I got that thing a couple months ago and I really like it. I interviewed... Um, yeah, my buddy Gary John, markets that thing. John Jayquish, I interviewed him and there's a, a lot of science behind it and it's fast and effective and it's really safe. What's weird about the X3 bars, I mean, I'll max out, you know, say I do a press with it or a deadlift. I'm going to do five or eight of whatever the movement is. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm smoked next day, not tired. Mm, it's so weird because mm. there's constant resistance. Oh, he right. explained it to me. There's something with the lactic acid. It can't build up because you never let go. It's, it's weird. I don't quite get it. I have to listen to my interview with him again, but I do that. And, you know, I'll do my... How long have you been doing the X3 for? Well, I stopped for a while because when I moved to Laurel Canyon, it was raining and mm. I had it in the backyard. I'm building my little gym out there and shit. But I did it for about a month and I got fucking ripped for me, dude. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I would do it in front of my Juve red light every day because I'm going to sit there for 10 minutes. So I'd go through my little manual of the Jayquish, you know, the X3 thing. And I was doing Osteo Strong out here in West LA, uh, which builds yeah. bone density. That's my boy Gary's business with John. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, Osteo Strong and just Dude, without even doing weight training, just the osteo strong made me way stronger. Because mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. when I went and did weights, I was like, uh, why are push-ups easier, deadlifts or bench presses or whatever? I'm like, how did I get stronger? I, I haven't touched a weight in six months. Mm. It was the osteo strong. Mm. It's crazy, dude. Because so that'll I, get rid of more aches and pains. In my humble opinion, you can try and stretch and yoga it out all day yeah. long. But when you build strength back into the body, it's not that the kinks aren't there. Right. It's just that your body's more strong and adaptable. And... Somehow the pain just goes away. Got it. Got it. The strength is a big thing. And, you know, yeah. I learned that when I was younger. You know, I started lifting weights in juvenile hall and then I, I exercised over the years, but it wasn't until I started studying Paul Check systems and functional fitness and uh, integrating everything and then actually pulling it off in my bio biology as well. Um, yeah, the strength makes a huge difference. Cool. I'm inspired. Yeah. And, Especially because and, you're a couple years older than me. You know what I'm saying? It's like one thing when a 32-year-old dude is ripped and he's like, oh, it's easy. I have no pain in my body. I move like a leopard. And blah. you know, I'm like, dude, you're 32. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Someone's got a couple years on me. I listen. I pay attention, you know? And they're not so, on steroid replacement therapy too, yeah. or hormone th yeah. replacement therapy. And yeah. And I mean, even uh, John Jayquish, the, the, the Osteo Strong and, um, and X3 guy, I mean, he's, he's in his mid-50s or something. Like, I mean, I... He's like more ripped than I would ever need or want to be. He's, but he's has on, that body type, you know. But he's on testosterone. Think so? Yeah. Oh no way, dude! That <laughs> looks total... exactly like anabolic steroids really? and HGH replacement. I think we. Ha I went out to dinner with him. I think he's on HGH. Oh no way! Oh yeah! God damn it! I thought it was all from that goddamn X three bar. No, he was. And he, he's, he's a mesomorph, he was, you know what I mean? He he's that, also that body He was type. that way before he invented that Really? Thing. But I, I have contention with John Jax oh, okay. because uh, a post recently he put with his big Lamborghini out there and, and talking shit about um, just food and nutrition and how McDonald's is no different from any other meats that are out there and there's no proof to this. And I just think a doctor in his position and he calls a himself a scientist, also. he calls himself a scientist and he doesn't know about soil 
science and, and soil health and, and what's happening on this planet. I think that's uh, irresponsible uh, to say the least. And if he's selling all this fitness and anti-aging stuff, yet he's actually on synthetic drugs to replicate that, I think that's bullshit. And I called him out on Instagram and I'll probably have words with him while I'm here as well. Oh, that's great. I just think it's bullshit. You know, the yeah. blind leading the blind. And I, yeah. I have contention with, with, uh, with, you know, young trainers selling their programs, but they're all jacked up on steroids, you know? And, right. and because that's, you're not including that in part of your program. Right. Right. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. where you're getting your results yeah. and you're not yeah. being honest about it. I respect that. Yeah. I respect I mean, listen, I think the world could use more conscious dialogue where you can sit down with someone and say, hey, you know what? I don't agree with what you're doing. Explain it to me. It's funny because when I interviewed John, which I had a blast and I love this guy, um, but I don't know if it was during the interview or after, but we were talking about, might've been after we were talking about just, oh, you know, he's like, do you want to put on muscle? I said, yeah, dude, I want to put on muscle. I, I don't feel strong and healthy as I would like to. And I like to burn some fat too. He said, well, how much protein are you eating? How much meat? And I said, ah, yeah, here and there, I don't know. Eat a piece of fish every day, burger every other day. He's like, no, dude, you got to be eating X amount of protein, whatever. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I can't always find access to good grass-fed meat. And I think he don't, I don't want to misquote him, but he said something to the effect, like, you can just go to In-N-Out. And I'm like, dude, that's factory farming. He's like, that's the same stuff, kind of, you know, I'm paraphrasing. But I was like, no, it's not. I mean, just the fat profile of a grass-fed animal is completely different. The omega-3s. Yeah, it's completely different. And that's just one aspect of it. That's right. not if the animal eats GMO soy and the glyphosate and it starts right. going down the rabbit hole right, quick. Right. And if that yeah. guy calls himself a scientist and he's not aware of glyphosate in this age, day and age, and 70% of the American people are obese or over, overweight, and you are what you eat is an axiom that's not going away anytime ever in the yeah. closed life cycle of biology on planet Earth. Yeah. So... I just I I don't get that 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 uh, that is there. But if you're injecting testosterone and equipoise into your body to make yourself look muscular and inflamed, and that's your idea of health, great. But <laughs> I I see funny. through the veil. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of that, I look at people's energetic uh, uh, health first and foremost, right. and then right. skin secondly. Right. And skin, you can see inflammation and fungal infections and all that stuff. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, well, this is a good end note. And I just whispered to him, I got a piss. So and he all said, you yeah, motherfuckers out in cyberspace, I'm calling you out if you're talking shit I about love it. bullshit. Right, before we go, where can people find you on social media, website, URL, any of that? At Certified Health Nut, Certified Health Nut, Troy Casey, CertifiedHealthNut.com, TroyCasey.com. Um, soon to be in your face. Okay, last question. I almost forgot. I don't think I've ever forgotten this. I'm like doing the, the little kid dance right now to not pee in my pants. <laughs> Who are three teachers that you've learned from that our listeners might be able to go check out? Uh, Paul Check, uh, S.N. Goenka, and um, who's the Vipassana guy, and uh, um, myself, man. Check out my shit, man. <laughs> Dig down the rabbit hole. <laughs> That's the first time anyone's answered with themselves. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I love you, bro. Thanks you for too, doing man. all your work, man. Love to everyone you. out in cyberspace. Right on. What's cracking, party people? You just crushed it. Nailed it. Banged out another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Troy Casey, the certified health nut. And, you know, I thought I was the certified health nut until I met this dude. He's taking it to another level. 
But as I said in the intro, doing it, you know, with a lot of common sense and and humility and humor, which I think is really important. You know, oftentimes in the health and wellness and God, especially in the new age spiritual community, many of us, myself included at times, of course, can take ourselves and all of this just a bit too seriously. You know what I'm saying? That's why I love guys like Troy or... Uh, one of our former guests, J.P. Sears, you know, people that are knowledgeable and wise and have a lot to offer, but can also have fun with it. And so I really enjoyed this conversation. Troy, if you ever hear this, let's hang, dude. You're awesome. I feel I have a, a much more to share and uh, with you and more to learn from you. So thank you so much for doing the show. You know, it's weird. Sometimes I thank the show in the outro and I don't even know if people that are on the show listen to it. Maybe if they're like me, they do. I listen to my guest episodes I do on other podcasts, which I've been doing a lot of them up to like, God, I don't know, 120 or something that I've done the past couple of years. And I really listen to them because I have no goddamn idea what I said during the interview. You know, you kind of go into this Edgar Casey sort of channeled space at times and then the hour goes by and you think, God, what the hell did I just talk about? So um, if, you're, if you're doing what I do, Casey, Mr. Troy Casey, let's hang out, dog. All right, no, seriously, let's thank our sponsors, Organifi. Organifi Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Save 20% off with the code Lifestylist. Get yourself some green powder, some gold powder. Get them powders, man. Get them powders. Bag them up, dog. You know what I'm saying? Blue Blocks. Protect your eyes and your brain from this terrible, scary blue light. Use the code Lifestylist at blueblocks.com for 15% off. And then if you want to be super chill sleep well, be in a parasympathetic nervous system state, reduce inflammation, and just be badass. You want to get yourself some Onda Wellness CBD. There's a lot of CBD on the market. I've tried a lot of it. Most of the time I take that shit and I'm like, is this doing anything? I can't feel it. Seriously. I'm not even kidding. No offense to you other CBD producers, but some of it's kind of swag. It's like a bunch of MCT oil with like a little bit of weed smell or something. I don't know what's going on, but it blows. Owned a wellness, however, does not blow. And neither does the 15% discount you get when you use the code Luke15 over at ondawellness.com. The code is Luke15 at ondawellness.com. This Friday, we've got a bonus show, Kundalini Rising, Luke live at Rama Venice. That's a bootleg broadcast of a talk I did in Venice, California, doing my little Kundalini yoga workshop jams. The next Tuesday, we've got the Detox Download, Cleansing Myths and Mysteries Explained, number 210 with Dr. Christopher Shade. If you're someone who likes to detox yourself, toxins out of your body and all that, you want to catch that one, come hang out at some events with me. You can go to lukestray.com forward slash events where you can get tickets to Rama Fest in Majorca, Spain, July 19th and 21st, the High Love Workshop in Majorca, July 22nd, and then the Health Optimization Summit in London, September 12th. No, wait, my bad. September 14th and 15th. It's going to be an amazing conference in conjunction with Bulletproof Upgrade Labs and PaleoFX, the biggest biohacking health conference in Europe. My mouth, UK really isn't Europe, is it? But anyway, on that side of the pond. That was a lot to spit out. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. This is my dream. I mean, sitting here alone in my studio talking on the mic is not my dream, but having these conversations with rad people like Troy is my dream. So fun, so fulfilling, brings me great pleasure and joy, fulfillment on every level to be able to record these conversations and share them with the world. Tens of thousands of people now at this point are listening to the Lifestylist podcast. 
Uh, this show has been downloaded as of this recording today, right now, uh, over two and a half million times, which is staggering to me. As just a guy who sits down and talks to people with a some, you know a mic on. I mean, seriously, how do you reach that many people? Freaking amazing! Thank you so much for joining me. If you're a regular listener of the show. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you so much for supporting me, my work, my mission. If you're a new listener to the show, do yourself and the world a favor and share this episode with a friend. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.